we're all getting we're all getting a bit excited about Deathwing. Excited about literally the most boring shit list since the start of this edition. Everybody and welcome to Stat Check. This is episode 34. They came from the land down under, uh, which is possibly the worst title we've ever had. Um, it's it's up there. It is, it is up there. Yeah, I had no knowledge of how bad this was going to be. I'm I'm leaving. It's terrible. I am Innes, and I am joined as always by Nathan and Anthony, and by recurring, almost always here, Jeremy. And first time, I mean, long long time around, first time on the show, Adam Camilleri. How are you all doing? My absolute pleasure. It turns out if you're just if you just a page, if you're just a random person in the community and just happen to be a patron of this show, you'll get on it eventually. That's right. We're just that's, that desperate for guests. That's that's it. Bottom of the barrel. You'll get us eventually. It's time <laughs> and persistence. Yes. Uh, Perfect. So uh, it's been a busy week for a lot of us. Some some of us were at events. Some of us were doing very many other things. Uh, let's start off. Adam, how have you been? What's been going on in the world of Adam? I understand that you're on a bit of a whirlwind tour now, so do you want to tell us a bit about uh, what's going on with you? The whirlwind has grinded to somewhat of a halt. I found myself back in the Art of War Trap House, where I will be for the next kind of five weeks. Um, nice. one, of those, one of those weeks will be spent uh, over at Adepticon, another one I'm going to be going to a 90-player GT in El Valdosta, I believe, which is like an hour away from here. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, I'm just going to be hanging out in the Trap House, playing some new benches and some bits and pieces and yeah just generally trying not to be the worst player in the house i've heard you were uh, heard you were experimenting with a new army adam oh there's a couple there's a couple so i've uh taken I've, I've very notably taken a break from dark angels after playing them maining them essentially apart from wtc i didn't play anything but dark angels for four years and now they're good and i'm not playing them that's <laughs> it i'm out i'm in <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's uh, so I've been playing a bit of GKs. Uh, took them to Cherokee Open, uh, which I, where I, I did all right. Went went five and one, sorry, uh, four one and one. Only lost to Lennon on the top table in the last round. So eh, he iron handed me. It happens. Uh, he got yep. to place the first first terrain piece in the middle. It turns out that's just about all she really, you know. Yay, FLG. Um, even Ooh. though. If, if really good tables. So they 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 did a really good thing. They dropped off all the bad tables. Like there was no Necron table. There was no uh, hanger table. Like it was really really good. They did a good job. Um. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I'm also uh, becoming uh, a renegade night player. It turns out <laughs> For, on the drive back from Cherokee to Tallahassee because we gunned it like seven and a half hours all the way back. Lennon was just like. Just, just getting into me, just getting speaking to my soul, Adam. And I was just like, oh my God, these guys are fun. Uh, but it turns out you cannot buy a War Dog model in North America and therefore the world. It's very it difficult. That does sound like the problem what North America is. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you enjoy being back over in the States? I do. It's uh, it's lovely. It feels like second home. It's uh, really quite nice. I spent a week in uh, New Orleans and got all of Mardi Gras got full oh. Mardi Gras 
and oh, it was yeah. a hell of, it was a hell of a time but it was too much i i don't party <laughs> like i used to boys it's just <laughs> nah. are you gonna be recharged by the time we get to wtc i think you only get that much gas once a year adam me yes yeah that's all right i'll i'll fume up for for mechelen that's okay i'm only i'm only like uh I'm not playing this year, so don't need it as much in the tank. Could be that safe. Wednesday night, Adam. It's always about that Wednesday night. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dead set. Mm. For, for reference, for anybody who is not aware, the WTC Wednesday night is typically the night that's the weird one other than the Sunday because yeah. everybody's landed. Thursday isn't a gaming day, so not yet. You, want, you just get to do whatever you want that day. It's usually, it's, usually it's a, lot of, a lot of everything. It's yeah. the blow. It's the blow off steam before the stressful bit. It's the kind of the all the boys and the, yeah. the players like to de stress a bit, so it can get a little messy. And yeah. see everybody you've not seen in a year. That exactly right. You, everyone's catching up, buying each other drinks. Ah, oh, how you doing? I haven't seen you in twelve months. Blah blah blah. Oh, you got kids now. It sucks to be you. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the one event you do a year now. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Yeah, this is the pinnacle of your <laughs> of your life. Hayden Walduck, congratulations. You just had a baby last night. He did. Congrats, Ducky. Beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Are you are you wearing Ducky's shirt? No, this is Eric's. Of course it is. <laughs> the only one that would fit. Hey, Ducky's, hey, Ducky's hey, would fit. Ducky's would fit. He might be in a bit of his, but he got a bit of. Uh, Tony V's got a bit of chest about him. Yeah, I'm a wide boy. Mm. <laughs> I'm working on reducing that, but like right now, still works. Uh, are we all? <laughs> Nathan, how about yourself? How's your last week in 40k been? We launched the TTS League for the Patreon, which is just wild in scope. <laughs> there are 70 people in the TTS League. Um, so we delayed it because I'm now going to call it probably the world's hardest TTS League because we delayed it so Liam Hackett could join. Because <laughs> he messaged me. 30 minutes before Nathan was going to start it was like, hey, are you doing a TTS league? Is it too late for me to join? And I was like, never too late for you. And... <laughs> <laughs> so I got just a ping and it was just like, can you wait just like a second? And so we got Liam in real quick. So there's just... Yeah, there's 72 know. people in that in that event now. Like eight of them and another number of WTC players. Stacked. It's vaguely terrifying. Can, can we just like... <laughs> front page we... ECP number one result. It's true. <laughs> Is there, is there a bigger 40k hoe than Liam Hackett right now? No, <laughs> probably not, right? The Surely dude not. is just cannot, he just swims in it. He breathes it. It's, it's, it's intense. It, and well done. It works. Yeah. Hey man, if you've got, you got the time and the dedication and you're at the top of your game, why wouldn't you? And he's a yep. literal doctor, if you haven't heard. Yep. Or if he hasn't told you yet. <laughs> yeah, the second message after him <laughs> telling me that he wanted in the league was him being like, I'm going to be a little stressed for like a couple days because I have a giant career-defying medical exam on Friday. And I was like, so you thought <laughs> that you would just gently ease up that workload with another thing to do on top how of he that. does it. It's how he does it. Look, some, it just comes naturally. You got to make time for the things that make you happy in life sometimes. You can't. Yeah. Otherwise... Jeremy, what about yourself? Uh, I've been slowly hobbying up 20 wardens for someone. For uh, three weeks from now, it's not uh, me. from that, it's been no, it's definitely not you. Um, but it's been it's been kind of quiet on my front. Um, I've got all his dust coming up in three weeks' time, and then the Canhammer Team <laughs> Tournament, both of which I'm judging. But I'm not playing in an event for like another seven weeks, which is very weird for me. You were in a Barry Bash for this weekend, were you? 
No, I wasn't. I, I came about this close to going, and then I was reminded by my wife that it was my father's birthday on Friday and my father-in-law's birthday on the Sunday. Reasonable reason not to go. It wow. seems tough to pull off an event in that space. Yeah. Also, also very interesting that there's the, those two father figures in your life and their birthdays are so adjoining. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. What a coincidence. Very close. Yeah. It makes every single uh, year very amusing as we negotiate who's going to celebrate on which day. <laughs> ah, love Who it. gets the Saturday? It's the eternal brawl. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? Anything up, up to much? Uh, I I play a lot of 40k now. Um, the coaching really? and the USA practice and the USA actually practicing and the organizing of the scrims with the other countries that do the practice has been uh, has means that Anthony doesn't have a lot of free time anymore. Um, so yeah, um, I basically eat, sleep, breathe matrixes and tiny world eater optimizations now um on top of like trying to stay like vaguely functional on all the factions so if one of our like prospects or players asks me a question i don't have a stupid answer to give them yep welcome um, welcome to captaining buddy it's what it's right, like yep. listen you just sean is the captain you I... just described all of the things a captain does uh, as things fine. you're currently engaged in it's fine sean is in charge if someone needs to be told something, Sean will tell them. Sean is just, very much grooming Anthony right now. You, uh, we you can all basically see the dog room, the dog grooming brush right there on your you, shoulder, buddy. You'll know when Anthony's broken when he submits a Red Angels army list. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> he, he submitted. He submitted it to the TTS league. Yeah. And the circle is complete. The prophecy oh. has been enacted. <laughs> it's only downhill from here, mate. Sorry. Oh. Mental health, it's gone. <laughs> uh, it's such a promising singles career. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, I was in Scotland for a week. That was fucking awesome. Uh, so that was real cool. Nice. We're past the curse window, right? That's nine minutes. Yeah, we're good. Um, the... It's like 15 seconds, dude. Yeah, easy. Um, so, yeah, that was sweet uh that was real cool we were there for a while uh anna crushed the travel despite being a little anxious about traveling initially but she did an awesome job throughout the entire thing so that was dope um got to see a really a lot of really cool stuff turns out there's a castle in edinburgh in case people didn't know um oh, yeah. that? We didn't see it. it's, it's right on top of the hill it's real big if your friends aren't jerks and pointed out it's easy to notice um <laughs> so yeah um i've been real busy i thought that I was like, I've not done a lot of 40k in the last month. And then I was like, all right, so this weekend's a practice weekend with TJ and Jim. Then next week next weekend's a GT. Then is all is dust. Then is like a week or two off. And then I fly to Poland to go to Austria to do a teams tournament. So Dude. you know. <laughs> is that, well, that week's gonna be great. <laughs> that week's gonna be nuts. Which but, is yeah. the event in Austria? Uh the Alpine Cup. It's Alpine, so, yeah. Sick. Yeah, it's gonna be a Thursday show. It's, we have an insane team for it. It's going to be dope. Um, we're going to get in there and fuck shit up. Because um, as much as everyone on it was like, we'll go and we'll drink. Like three weeks ago, we were like, we should talk about armies. And then like two weeks ago, we started looking at maps. And like in the last week, the chat has been very active. So I was like, oh, so we're not just going to drink then. We're going to try. Because we, we are going to drink. Were. But we have issues as people. Yeah. No, I get it. 
Like, I understand what the intent was to go and party. I just, you know, let's just be honest with ourselves. A large portion of my ego is tied to my win rate. Like, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's going to be awesome. I'm basically living with Typhus for a week, so that's going to be dope uh, in the lead up to. And then we're driving from Poland to Austria. And then I'm staying like two days after. I'm off the Monday and the Tuesday, and then I'm flying back the Tuesday. Um, so yeah, that's going to be gaming. So yeah, that's my now, my future. Hello, I have not been on for a bit. <laughs> I mean, you tried to be real hard. I effort was made. Just <laughs> got betrayed by my internet twice. Have you upgraded? Uh, no, I just yelled at them until they fixed it. And <laughs> sometimes, works. if you have knowledgeable yelling, that works. This is also how we cap Team America, by the way. Uh, not cap Team America, so that's what you say. Whatever you want. <laughs> As for myself, I've been very much living in exactly the same world Anthony has for shocking reasons that Home Nations is coming up for Team Scotland. So we've got a eight-person team event down in Wales at the start of the month. So we're very much in prep mode for that now because we're playing against you know England and Sweden and Netherlands and we'd like to do well. Um, so we've gone into full-on prep mode for that. Other than that, I've got like five events in the next or five events in the next six weeks to make sure that I get no free time either. Can't complain. Was at an RTT last weekend, tried out Dark Angels. It was the dullest, dullest experience of my life, but I dropped four battle points in three games, um, which seemed like I'd made no choices on that path. <laughs> I sure did raise banners on turn one. <laughs> Walk forwards, times. maybe charge something. Yeah, it was great. The night player anything to put you. a guy put out in the middle of objective, and I went, you killed a guy in this squad because your entire army shot and killed two Terminators. I'm going to res at the front and charge you. It was, Glorious. It was great. Sure did. Much tactical sure play. Make thought. Um, <laughs> great, 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 great time. Um, Dark Angels is very boring. Oh, the Talon Master's cool. I enjoyed the Talon Master. He's good fun. If uh, only we to could fly take three. the backfield with his four strength five AP three attacks. Um, because he, <laughs> because he doesn't get to have any relics or warlord traits. Wow. <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, that's been it for me. Not been up to much besides the whole, you know living 40k thing now but that's coaching yeah, can't it's going really well actually i'm having a good time with it a lot of people are having are giving me really positive feedback which has been really cool um nobody's been like yeah you suck yet which has been nice um <laughs> ideally you know, it's, it's always a living per perpetual fear that somebody's gonna be like yeah so you're actually shit at this uh, <laughs> but nobody's <laughs> said that to me yet so i mean uh, yeah at least can't be doing i'll say the, the one bit of feedback that i have been given on you is you pack so much into a very short window of time that they often have to record you just to write down all the notes. <laughs> See, I feel like I'm not saying enough. So, <laughs> so you're doing just fine. <laughs> oh, Christ. No, I have no idea. Um, I always feel like I'm, like, if I take a th if I stop talking for, like, three seconds, I feel like they're not getting their money's worth. So I just keep mm. talking. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe I should just ease up on the speed a little bit. I mean, myself and Adam, uh, I don't know if anybody listened to our episode on the Down Under Network. We get yeah, fast boy. quickly when we talk to yeah. each other, especially. There, um, was a, there was a cheeky comment at the start. Which of Adam and Ines will have spoken more words by the end of the podcast? Well, It'd be great if someone like, had like a clicker and went through. <laughs> oh my god. The RSI <laughs> on that thumb. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just have to power a small country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you could, if you could turn word, like spoken word, into energy, yeah, we'd have this lockdown. Clean energy for all. There you go. 
clean? <laughs> That's oh, what I was going to say. Filth ridden sure. energy that you can put to a decent purpose. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. So, with that, let's move on to covering the actual meat of the show. And we're going to let Nathan and Jeremy take over for a little bit and talk about the general stats and statistics for the week. I realize it was the same thing. I'm going to mute and stop talking. <laughs> so, there are two two things we're going to talk about this week. First, we'll do the weekly overview. Then we're going to recap some of the overall meta health. And then we're going to talk a little bit about an awesome article that Cliff wrote that's published over on Goonhammer. And then I'm going to drag out an additional example because everybody says we're being mean to space Marines. But first we're going to talk about the last week in 40 K. Uh, when we break down the numbers, I'm going to ignore the fact that death watch is on top. There was only one person who played them this weekend. We have gene stealer Colt at the high point for win rate making up 4.3% of the meta, which feels like that's the most meta representation Gene Stealer Colt has ever had in the history of Gene Stealer Colt, with a 63.2% win rate, an event win, four top fours, eight top tens, and a 2.57 over rep, which is just absolutely wild. Especially because now I can't just say it's because of their underrepresentation in the meta as a whole, but in fact, actually, that Gene Stealer Colt may be good. Shocked. Did we not Shut call up. that like a month ago? Like when arcs dropped, we were like, GSC is going to be a top three army. Yeah, to, we definitely well, did. Not to blow too much smoke, but there's a handful of predictions we've had about like upcoming metas that have been like bang on, like the proliferation of Alpha Strike armies coming into Nephilim mm -hmm. and arcs. <laughs> it's almost like we know what we're talking about. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, I think I went on even on my show and said uh, orcs and GSC are the new Necrons, are the arcs Necrons. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, don't worry. Orcs are orcs are definitely in here somewhere because orcs have been doing well every week. Uh, Drakari are actually in second place, discounting Death Watch, although their meta representation has fallen off a cliff and they're at Harlequin numbers with one point eight percent. They're actually like one player above the point where I usually just disregard the data. They have eleven players from this last weekend. <laughs> but they had a 57.3% win rate, an event win, two top fours, and three top tens, and an overrep that doesn't matter because it's hyper-inflated by their participation. And an three... event win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they they won the an fuck? event. <laughs> they have an overrep of 3.04, which is only because their meta representation is so low that it hyper-inflates their overrep ratio, which happens there's there's like 12 dedicated people well less than 12 because it was 11 11 dedicated people to dragari apparently left in the world one of them must be scary although he I don't know yes. he's not even in those stats he's, he was yeah he's not yeah, he's it's not like the one weekend that the only way they win is when scary's energy is not there by the way like. do you want to know who it was that won <laughs> who is this champion of the people this champion is rasmus valon Fredriksson. he won norse hammer open oh. uh i oh, have a good dude yeah Rasmus. yeah, yeah, Rasmus, Rasmus. yeah. Uh, but his list was a real space raid oh. with Cabal of the Black Heart, Precise Killers, and uh, Test of Skill, Artists of the Flesh, and Light. Oh, Harleys. There's, a Har there's some Harleys in there. There okay. were some Harleys in there. That's an Eldari list then, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, we no, are. We judged by Arch attachment now, right? Uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm I was right all along. Yeah. You were right all along. You were just ahead of your time, Anthony. That's right. Uh, some somehow leagues of Votan also snuck into the top five with a four point two meta representation, four point two percent. That is a fifty seven point three percent win rate, 
no event wins, one top four and five top tens. And despite this performance, they had a 0.67 over rep. So they're still not doing that great, really. Um, I think Votan got overtuned by GW nerfing them a little bit. And so we're just seeing them kind of suffer as everybody tries to play with momentum by bringing 10 Hearthguard, I guess, that teleport around. Sure. They take cool. those plays, bro. Yeah, so bad. Even it sucks Dick. so much. Got to work with what you got. I think Thunderkin, a quietly, Thunderkin in blacks Dude, might awesome. be. Might be just might be just the the list. I'm yeah. not even I'm not even sure Landforge are, are that important now because you just don't have enough stuff to play a five turn game a lot of the time. Yep. You just bring nine plus Thunderkin and have a day shooting ninety six grab cannon shots at people, watching them die. I guess D six. Yes, nine D six, not ninety six. <laughs> You said it fast. I was, I was worried. What was I was worried because I misrepresented that unit a little bit in my head. What was yeah. the, was... Were you at the ITT, Ennis? No, I was not. How did Robbo and his like oops all backs or landforts go? I mean, he won the they won the they won the event. I mean, so... they won obviously. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm just, I don't I'm just curious. How did specifically? Mm. Um, in most rounds that well. I looked, he did fairly well. But they pair they like in the five man team structure. He's... He was like. First He's going up. Yeah, board. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That list is terrifying. But outside teams, scary. I, yeah, I worry. I worry about very chain in singles. I just think they just lack the gas. They lack the they lack the secondaries, and they lack enough actual physical models to play the game. Their units have too too many rules, or sorry, three too many rules. So their <laughs> army gets to have too too few units. Yeah, and yeah. that is the state they'll be stuck in until GW decides to remove rules so that they can lower the points. Yep. yep. In fourth place, <clears throat> we have Dark Angels. Because we're going to skip over Harlequins because they had less than 10 players and have returned to their like six people worth of people playing them. Um, Dark Angels had 41 players, 6.8% just in that one sub-faction of an army. <laughs> A 55.3% win rate, four top fours, nine top tens, and an overrep of 1.63 which means Dark Angels continue to do super great, which is amazing. And I'm sure we'll get to talk to Adam just a little bit later in the show what exactly he thinks about all that. Um, in fifth what place... Does about Dark Angels? <laughs> nah. Nah. In fifth place, we have Asriani, who had a 7.1% meta representation. So, you know, just like 0.3% above a Marine sub-faction. A 54% win rate. A one one event win, three top fours, nine top tens, and a one point one seven over rep. And we're gonna talk about Asriani in just a minute because I think that they're now worth being one of the examples where we kind of need to pull apart how the different sub factions of Asriani are actually being represented and who is actually winning events. <clears throat> and then Iron Hands actually dropped a little bit. So there were 19 Iron Hands players over the weekend, 3.2 meta representation, and only a 52% win rate. Nobody got into a top four this weekend. There was only one top 10 from among those 19 players. Because Iron Hands are fine. Did I read that? <laughs> I had to make sure that I was reading the data correctly on this spreadsheet, and it's a zero. But Adam, Adam you, you, you played against Iron Hands recently. It was fine, right? It was no, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, this guy's got something to tell you. Oh, no, no, they're not. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're interesting. I was really hoping you were going to grab the big penguin, personally. I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. 
uh, interesting bits of data, those event wins that were previously in other Marine chapters hands went to new Marine chapters this weekend, specifically Blood Angels and Black Templars picked up one event win each, two top fours for Blood Angels, one for Black Templar, three for top tens for Blood Angels, and three for Black Templar with a 2.4 for Blood Angels and a 1.4 for Black Templar for overrep. So it's not like Marines are doing badly. Marines are still doing great. Um, in the bottom, uh, nobody is playing Imperial Fist or Crimson Fist this last weekend, so they have a zero in everything. The lowest pure faction is Thousand Sons, who is dropped below 10 players and has like a 23% win rate, according to the data, but they have only six players in the data this week. The lowest performing faction with actual players playing in it above like a good number is Chaos Space Marines, who had 26 players and a 4.3% meta rep and had a 38.3% win rate. Followed not that far ahead of them is Chaos Knights, who had a 38.4, so just 0.1% more. But they did win an event. So good on Chaos Knights for an event win. So they actually managed to hit a 0.98 for meta for their overrepresentation ratio. <laughs> One guy. So perfectly balanced. One person in the Chaos Knights managed to pull the entire faction to a perfectly balanced state according to overrep. Someone pointed out to me that in like the, the dirty not us data that Emperor's Children had a 15% win rate. And that is <laughs> fucking rough, buddy. I mean, well, I guess I could... 1-5? Five? 1-5. Five. Wow. I mean, I guess I could pull it up real quick by just grabbing it. Let's grab it. It is. Well, the Chaos dashboard's been updated means... for last week's data, so you could actually just drill down that way. It is. I'm just going to look at the whole data because I find that more funny. And Emperor's Children currently are the... 22.8% win rate, considering all of ARCs. Do you think that's just everybody all who's like... ARCs! Not all even of... just one week! It's like, it's like two months. Oh yes. no, wait, that's their sub-faction meta-representation. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I read the wrong bar. <laughs> wow. I read the wrong bar, it's a 40%. Okay. Um, what was it last week, though? That was, that was really the one that... I mean, this past week weekend, were... it was 13%. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony, um, what are you doing, mate? I Lifts. abandoned them. Lifts. They just went feral. I don't no, know. Everyone. I don't know what a good list looks like anymore. I just. Be fair. That was eight games. Fair, but wait. So wait. The one the weekend before they had sixty-seven games and a forty-three percent win rate. So I think they're floating around a forty to forty-five. Okay. Yeah, but... Oh man, the Which sticker shock great. on that last one was was <laughs> yeah. brutal. Um, I will say also that World Eaters and Astra Militarum are tied for this last week, both with a fifty three point nine percent win rate, and both with zero point sevens for over rep ratio. It's weirdly so we're continuing this interesting trend of Astra Militarum seemingly underperforming our expectations. I just don't get it. And then World Eaters kind of performing around where we expected them to, but I hear that World Eaters are actually just a complete menace in rtt's mm -hmm. is what i've been told where they're just the dominating RTT RTT player RTT loses to two angrons a year that's all that <laughs> we need to know <laughs> there are two constants in this world boys uh death sorry in 40 in the 40k world apart from death and taxes and the emperor's gonna stay dead um there are in the orc win rate will never be great and the guard win rate will never be great doesn't matter what book they've got well, doesn't freaking matter and big things win rtt's that's the, the, orc, I, I, yeah. 
the orc win rate is actually pretty good right now. It's fifty three point four percent for this last week. With an event win, I, three top fours, and, and a two I, for overwrap. I argue <laughs> they're one of the best factions in the game, and they're still not at a fifty five percent. I. The funniest yeah. thing about orcs is that they definitely just have Necron strat like Necron secondaries quality wise, but can actually kill things in melee combat aside punch from the, the fuck out of like, you. Mm. Like commandos will pin you in your own deployment zone while murdering your shit while they wait for backup. The the next wave, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the second backup, wave actually just is only, is only like a two inch charge away from you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, there's grots just interfacing with buttons on the home field. Yeah, like, getting five points. Twelve. Five points a turn. Just just six, one. Six block. at him. Oh yeah. Oh she got, got no. <laughs> I forgot. Oh man. Every, every time I look at an orc list, I'm like, yeah, so I am gonna have to beat 45 points on secondary because you're gonna score all of it. And yeah. I somehow have to prevent you from winning on primary, which might not happen. When you went first, and I can't yeah. leave my deployment zone. Exactly. If it's, if it's, the orc player goes first, yes. <laughs> I would like orc players to stop talking oh, in the chat yeah. right now. Please stop interacting. We <laughs> <laughs> we've said we've said too many nice things about orcs and orc players, and now all the orc players have decided that this is now an orc friendly chat. Look, yeah. I know I spend a lot of time shilling on this show. Like, like, if you're an orc player, just don't. I would rather you didn't. I don't want to <laughs> and we'll now, live without your click. Now I'm going to talk about something that I think is important to talk about. Because Cliff wrote a really important article about how we need to dig down past just win rate into subfaction win rates. This is something we actually talked about on the last episode of the show as well before Clifton published his article. But there's a really good article written by Cliff that's up on Goonhammer where he talks about the situation for Marines specifically as an example of why we need to dig into um, past just surface level faction performance and look at subfaction performance. Because if you look at ad hoc like all of adeptus astartes together as a faction they're performing fine based on 50 percent win rate they're perfectly balanced yeah. and it's balanced by iron hands and dark angels basically being offset by crimson fists and imperial fists but another really important example that i think we need to pull out right now is actually craft world eldar or asriani as it's typically in our stats section and so what you look at when you see Asriani is that they are performing well. They have a 53.1% win rate, which puts them in the kind of the upper part of the balance bracket, but not quite overbalanced. But when you actually start tugging at the thread to look at like what factions are actually playing well, you have a Yanari at a 59% win rate. And Hail of Doom at a 57% win rate because Armor of Contempt has gone away, essentially. And the things that are offsetting that are the largest portion of Craft World Eldar players are still playing Ulthway. And Ulthway has a 46% win rate, with that making up about 26% of the field of Craft World Eldar players. And then you also have a not insubstantial number of players who are playing Biltan, which is about 5.7%, and then Masterful Shots, Swift Strikes, which is 5.3%, which each have a 38% and a 43% win rate, respectively. And... If you the further down you dig in there, you can see that Hail of Doom and its and its various components are also doing well. You have Hail of Doom and Light, which has a fifty six percent. Hail of Doom and Twilight, which has an eighty two percent win rate. Although I think that's yeah, just twenty eight games played, so two point four percent of the meta representation that's... for Craftful Letter, which is a lot though. Eighty two percent is a lot. That's and a lot 28... more games than I expected that you to say. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, it's like six games. 
it's like five people, but yes, it's not an insubstantial number of games, but it's also not a number of games that I'd want to use to make like large sweeping claims for. Yeah. But what I think is important is that if you use kind of the same tactics that we talked about when you were considering, like, if we're going to battle, if we're going to, oof, wait, if we're going to balance the game, what we want to look at when we're looking at for faction performance is not just to look at the surface level statistics, but to dig down and look at the win rate and overrepresentation ratios of sub factions as well. Because we can see that Craft World are doing really well. And a lot of that probably just has to do, and I'm, I mean, we can talk to, some of the other hosts and see what their perspective is, obviously, is because Armor of Contempt is gone and now all these factions have AP1 guns that are now working again. Or in the case of Hail of Doom, rocking AP2 out and, and just... Yeah, just rocking Doom out people. Died good with Shuriken. Who'd have guessed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And when Marines are being played at like 21% of the meta, it turns out that uh, that strength for AP2 slash AP4 is real good. Mm-hmm. Killing Marines just isn't that hard. Yeah, it's actually funny because I thought I've like been thinking about that more. Like after Armor of Contempt came off, killing Marines wasn't particularly was like more difficult, but not super difficult with Armor of Contempt, and has only gotten to be super easy with Armor of Contempt taken off. Like if you can so shoot easy. a Marine army, it all dies. Like, yeah. No Marines die with a hurry. It's a horde of some exceptions crash. apply. Some exceptions I mean, do apply. Yeah, yes. yeah, a single exception applies if built in exactly one way. <laughs> well, it's just the Deathwing Terminator. Just that yeah. one data sheet. One data sheet with transhuman and a one-up save is is a lot harder to crack than a whole slew of bodies with a three-up save, right? God, I fucking hate that army so much. It turns out when you also <laughs> give the, each one of those units a deny, it's pretty good. Yep. What was Especially that about? re-rollable deny against chaos if you're playing mm -hmm. against the chaos because because chaos needed to be kicked well csm needed to be kicked again i know it's worth they <laughs> yeah. will fail every deny regardless your opponent will cast warp ritual on a seven you'll fail to deny it anyway speaking mm -hmm. from experience here unless you're tj <laughs> last night Ah, but he can auto auto pass those not if you're on right? that cabal points oh. he had no shortage of those because he couldn't figure out what to spend them on oh okay <laughs> i guess the perspective is that, and because people in some of the commentary on the article were complaining that we were picking on Space Marines for doing well at the moment. It's not that we're picking on Space Marines. It's that you all know what a Space Marine is, and it's an easy example to use for the purposes of digging into data more than at the surface level, folks. Hey, hey, fuck off. We'll pick on them if we want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, also, I pick on Marines a lot. Just watch a couple episodes they... where I'm like, I'm going to shove you all into one faction, and you all get no rules anymore. I hope that if GW does simplify the game to just indexes, they just actually erase all of the chapters and you guys get nothing. Nothing. You can all play Ultimate. So I want... So you, you know how you see... Um, I, th I think the prototype is already out there for how it's going to happen, if they if they do it. The Curse Space, the Curse Space Marine Codex, where you get... He, he was your faction, one page. Dark Angels is one page, everything's on it. A couple of a couple of a couple of strats, one or two. There's relics. like four pages for each army in the Kid Space Marines Codex. No, there's there, there there spreadsheet, aren't there? No, there's yeah, yeah, traits, relics, yeah, yeah. Three, three, yeah, you, you, yeah. You flip it open, and here's the whole you see a whole everything you've got before you. Oh, do some of them have three? Yeah, yeah some I think of them are all three. three. Yeah, no, forget no, I said anything, boys. The... Not even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see you later. <laughs> 
just everybody immediately is like, sorry, Adam. Hold on a second, Adam. <laughs> Adam is right for the Renegade Legions, for Creation of the Bile and Red That's Dark correct. Shirt. See? Sorry, back. Hey, you know. I, got, I got you, big man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right for the but ones that don't matter. That's what I'll see. I'll see if you can read Corsair's Creations of Bile. Because they're, yeah. they're small, they're condensed, and that's what I want for everybody. That's 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 what I want for yeah. everybody. Everybody gets a little like, bit. Two two like two like page folds, like four pages of rules is enough for each, every single one of those chapters. The problem is all the legacy data sheets that exist. Dude, the Chaos yes. Legions are dope individually. Like if whoever fucking wrote the CSM book could just write they're the awesome. rest of them, we'd they're be awesome. in there. Like all those legions are great. They're not necessarily like good at the game, but for they're like all a, bro. from a flavor perspective, they all work. <laughs> Nightlords just needs to trigger their plus one to wound on one higher leadership threshold, and that chapter tactic owns. It's like, good. Yeah. small changes away from making all the legions very good, but GW's not going to do any of them. So, but in general, from like a flavor perspective, the CSM book, they did a great job. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the CSM book is written really well, and they did a really good job of making their to be diversity between the legions. Yeah. I think the one challenge with Loyalist Marines is that. If you remember that first Loyalist Space Marine book with its like 130 data sheets or whatever it was stuffed into it, I wonder if they're they're going to have to just do a major call of firstborn units in order to do something like that, or they'll have to re like replace it with a two two part book. Like they're going to have to replace it with a Horace Heresy style freaking seventy dollar book. Index Thunderwolves and massive. Index Thunderwolves and Deathwing Terminators. I hope I hope they just go Primaris. Like you get Primaris units now. Sorry. I hope I don't think they'll ever get rid of Terminators. I just don't see it. Oh, if they give them Primaris ones, it's going to be Eleventh Edition. I bet they're going to phase out because they're already starting to phase out like Devastators essentially by replacing them with Missile Bros. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Missile Bros. Missile Bros. And then they've they just need a Terminator equivalent that's not Gravis. They need a assault jetpack unit, and then they just need some smaller speeder units. Look, man, I need done. something with a grav cannon. I need to my crudos. So you get um, <laughs> who is it? Oh, you get Tor Garadin. Yeah, I, I could run the, the Imperial Fist special character with a grav gun. <laughs> Fuck you. There you go. It's not a grav cannon. You heard what I said. All right, let's let's transition to the segment where we talk about the meta. And where Adam talks specifically about what he thinks of Dark Angel players in the meta. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. let's shift gears. I'm ready. Why did this. you put it on me? Because <laughs> it was default. <laughs> it defaulted to you. All right. All right, you cabbages. So <laughs> Deathwing, hey? We all getting we're all getting a bit excited about Deathwing. Excited about literally the most boring shit list since the start of this edition when all the lists were pretty boring and shit. And everyone seems to be losing their mind being like, oh my God, we're going to get Terminators. You're all boring. Just, just letting you know. Not only are you boring, but your days are numbered. Legitimately, there is nothing that feels durable in this game apart from the Deathwing Terminator. What does that do? Polarizes everything else around it. You can't take a list with the expectation, exception, sorry, expectation to win a GT if it can't smash Deathwing Terminators. That's just like a baseline knowledge that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get past the keeper to do anything successful in this meta. And what does that do? That creates competition. That creates innovation. That creates good things. I actually like it when there's one polarizing army. And you guys are switching around so different people get to 
get the symbol. Uh, when there's one polarizing army, I actually get really excited because I get to see a bunch of really new stuff happen to this. Like Blood Angels, you just take ten death. Just take ten death company with Thunder Hammers, and you go first. Cool, two units of, de two units of Terminators annihilated. Game's over. You, you start taking stuff like um, thirty Zephyrum, which actually do a number on Deathwing Terminators because they just have the they just have the dump. Of eight of high AP of AP four. Adam's trying to beat everybody into losing to Ravenwing now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're getting it. You're getting it, boys. He's, he's giving it away. You come full circle. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, death. Everyone's going to unga bunga go all in on the Terminators. The meta's going to adjust. They're going to get annihilated. They're going to end up running the stuff I've been running for the last four years, which is either all Ravenwing or a hybrid with one, maybe two blocks at most of Deathwing Terminators. I usually like one block and a couple of command squads, and then just slam speeders, slam your version, whichever bike you like the most. Black Knights, tack bikes, doesn't matter. Hell. I'm even looking at ATVs, surprisingly, for like one or two ofs because I like the amount of wounds that they pack. Um, it, it, whilst because I can only take three tornadoes, essentially, <laughs> that's essentially why I can only take what three a tornadoes. Messed up the issue. I know, <laughs> but the idea of having three ATVs, three tornadoes, three scouts in in storm speed is, is uh -huh. just oh, oh stop me, stop me getting 100 points, baby. You can't. Um, that kind of stuff really excites me, and that's going to be the end game for a lot of players because I'm already putting together, slapping together things that are going to ruffle stomp deathwing terminators like I'm playing gray knights i'm just going to take one unit of 10 strikes combat squad and when i'm playing deathwing keep them together when i am hammer hand three damage see you later send yep. him in um yep inevitably fail in perk amplification and, lo and lose the game yeah That's yeah like, and hammer hand right? they're both sevens aren't they is that no, hammer, hammer hands is six coin flips guys yes. oh there you go exactly a little right. easier yeah yeah a little better but, than a coin flip <laughs> It's sure still great when you lose the game off of failing one Warp Church 7 power. But but the other thing is, you got Craft World players who are just like, well, Doom is premium, Guide is premium, Jinx is premium, Restrain is premium. Like, cool, here's, here's one squad I'm not going to care about. You can't use that squad all game. They're moving two inches. Congratulations. I'm going to dunk on this one until it's gone. Yep. Um, these kind of things are going to start to happen to Deathwing players. They've gotten the drop. they got the drop on the meta, guys. We can't deny that. I mean, I went to Cherokee with Jack Halfster, who lost to Deathwing, Brad Chester, who lost to Deathwing, and John Lennon lost to Deathwing. That is literally like, um, we remember the time when Sean Naden went to, was a BAO and played against um, the, the Buggies? Yep. It was like literal, like flashbacks to that, like three absolute guns, just like having no answers for what this matter is bringing. And it yep. was actually quite something to see the scramble being like, oh my God. Am I bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did I see this coming? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, you're all boring. Get better. Specifically the royal you. No, it's individual player is boring. We reserve the right as stat check to think that you're all in yes. uh, Correct. Correct. I'm, I'm a Sith Lord in this in this extent. Uh, nothing, so, nothing but absolutes. Oh, God. That was weird because we flipped around a lot. Yeah. Um, so, Adam, what are, you said you were playing earlier in the show, you're playing Grey Knights, and then you're also yes. focusing on Chaos Knights. So where do so, you think those armies kind of exist currently in the meta? Starting Grey, with Knights, Grey Knights. Grey Knights is just a kind of ever-reliable... Uh, Grey Knights have a game into everybody. If you, have, if you have an appropriate list, they kind of have a game into anybody. They have a baseline of exceptionally good secondaries. Teleport Assault is just dumb. I don't know why it's it's as good as it was. I already thought it was their best secondary. I played that exclusively at WTC, um, and it was phenomenal. Um, just people like, 
I'm going to put four crew hounds up. And I'm like, five storm bolters. Let's go get four points, boys. And now it's five points. It's it's really, really quite something. Um, th so I think Grey Knights are kind of that ever-reliable game into anybody. I'm trying to be a good general and be a better general and use more of my brain, um, mostly because I'm, I'm, I am I'm can play dark, any Dark Angels list pretty much on muscle memory at the moment. Um, and Chaos Knights because... I looked at the rules of I've, I've been I've been a night player for quite a long time, and uh, well, sorry, a night enthusiast for quite a long time. And then John just like slid, he's like, "Oh, you like knights, Adam? Have a look at this." And I was like, "Dread dread tests, you say? Hmm, interesting. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> What's this stratagem? Terror shades. I can do it in both morale phases. Oh my! <laughs> and I excited. And um, yeah, it's pretty much just I just love their rules. I think their rules are exceptionally good. I so what is I'll terror shades? Just to explain it for the audience. So ravenous terror shades. So terror shades is a keyword that pretty much every one of the bespoke night kits have. Chaos knights kits have. So they're the little little crazy birds that sit on top of the abominant. But it's a keyword attached to all the war dogs that are all the war dogs that are unique to um, yeah, chaos. So the carnivore, Knights. the stalker, the brigand, and the desecrator and the abominant have it. I believe. Correct, correct. Uh, and so they have a stratagem associated with that, where they essentially, they, if anybody remembers what um, Cacophonic Choir used to do in sixth edition, seventh edition, eighth edition, where you. Yeah, yeah. Where you roll, you roll, make them roll leadership tests, and they take essentially take wounds without any saves or mortal wounds without any saves, um, up to how much they fail to buy. Well, you can make them do that in your morale phase, their morale phase, and you just spam them out. All and then time. when you when you're doing doing that with people with who are in dread range, and if you're far enough down on the table, that's at minus three. There's a lot of MSU little dumb stuff around at the moment that don't love being shot by. Firstly, you know, possibly up to thirteen havoc launches that you can't see, and then getting terrorshaded. And so unlike other knights, unlike regular knights, Chaos Knights can play a far more uninteractive game at points. They can actually be played surprisingly as a, as a defender in some matchups, um, which I find I find them far more exciting for things like teams, um, Chaos Knights. They got, I feel like they've got far more play than I regular knights. So much already. And in addition, I feel like I feel like Imperial Knights right now, I look at them and I've deeped over them and I feel like I've got a very good understanding of them. And it feels a lot like admech it's a lot of checks and balances of aura management of buff management that doesn't seem to be that explosive exciting oomph about them that i i want now um i've been playing space marines space marines are very predictable i'm looking for some a little bit of chaos in my life hey and uh yeah it's a, it's about time i return to what my first couple armies were all chaos they're all uh chaos demons it was csm and it's been a long time since i played a chaos faction so yeah nice Nice. Chaos Knights is an awesome way to get back into chaos in general. Well, so also, I'll say straight up, I have uh, I've played all of Ninth Edition, apart from the first kind of 18 months where I was mostly in lockdown. Um, and I've not enjoyed a huge portion of Ninth Edition because it's been demonstrably imbalanced and possibly unfun at times. Um, through the dark times of six months of nothing but Drakari can win. And then there was the times of nothing but Drakari or Admech could win. And then there was the times of nothing but Tyranids could win. And there was, unless, unless you were one of the three Harlequin players in the world. Um, <laughs> and I want to play something where I can just chill, put down some big stompy robots and enjoy an event for the event and not just, not just focus on the games. Um, and so I want to have that in my playbook and just to be able to take a step back from the competitive juices and just employ a little bit of unga bunga, but also with a bit more nuance than just, am I in range of this ability? Am I in range of that ability? Oh, cool. Guess my army works. Um, that, which is what Imperial Knights kind of feels like. It sure does. Yeah. No, that, that, that sums like them up like real well. 
Yeah. Yes. I hate sitting there with an opponent playing around. All right, remind me, so which four things do you lose points for? And is it honor points or victory points for these ones? Yeah. I yeah. hate this. So on, honestly, every single night player I played against could have just told me they were virtuous and made up white. And I would be like, <laughs> fair. Yeah. All right. Off you go, mate. Same as Admech players, I feel. I, I, the the Admech and Knights is my comparison, where it feels like it is a little bit more bookkeeping than I enjoy. Admech is just like, and this guy's this buff, that one has this buff, and this one have that other buff, and that one's yeah. in this one. This, I bet this it does. Cool. None of them, none it's, of them own cards. It's very thematic, yeah. though. It's very thematic for Admech to is. have to print out an Excel sheet in order to run your army. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that the first army that I've played against so far, where I was like, oh, if I play against this in a tournament, the person doesn't have something, I'm gonna like grab napkins and like tear one up and give them something. <laughs> is guard. Um, guard gets so out of hand with orders if you don't have a way to track them i'm just gonna be like you don't have that buff there and also you don't have a way to prove it i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i've 100%. printed i've printed tokens for my guard army because it gets kind of out of control because uh, i'm like yeah so it bubbles six inches so these so you have to print like 20 20 fucking order yeah. tokens to manage mm -hmm. this army. and then you're throwing, you're throwing tokens all over the table and it looks wild you're yep. like so I hope you enjoy your admec level of tokens because they're all over the it, table because it bubbles it, on everything. It, it all started with the, like with the GSC, yeah. As soon as mm -hmm. as soon as like GW printed the blipped tokens, they went mad with power. Actually, and now yeah, we've I got grudge a, tokens a and sorry, what? He's gonna be really gonna go do something. I uh, my my favorite thing with Voltan players is the second they start being a little bit of an asshole, I just stop moving judge tokens around. I'm like, they're your token, man. You move them. You come walk around the table. Get your get your steps up, brother. Oh, we're we're Look, all man, like, this is not these tokens are yours. They're tracking your rules. I don't want not my responsibility to manage. There's no grudge tokens on your unit. There's no grudge tokens on it. But you need to move them. I, the I, I don't want to touch your property. I don't want to touch your problem. I'm not responsible for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I can't I be trusted. I've been eating. I've been eating Doritos, bro. I don't want to touch your stuff. All right. <laughs> Listen, this is why I love World Eaters because this is the World Eaters. I saw uh, that deck though. <laughs> Wait. How much did better. that cost? Hold yeah, on. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, the, the same, same price as the rest of the army. Deck. Nothing. What? Uh, <laughs> the this is all the ones I don't use, and. There's like six in there. This okay. is the one that I use. Does that include the generic stratagems for command rerolls? The pack of ones that I don't use because I know those does. This. <laughs> a bunch of these. So if I take out the ones for blood tithe, which are the blood tithe markers that are next to the table, the stratagem pack stinks down to one, two, three, Bit four, nice. five, six, seven, eight cards. One of which is rhino smoke screen <laughs> which you don't get in disciples i love it so much well you don't you can't take rhinos so why would you bother well, you don't get it for land as well because land has smoke screen yeah it's just, it's <laughs> words yeah i love that that <laughs> deck here. though is the same price as the chaos space marine deck that is like five times the size of it i was no, at the comparable one is the uh the craft worlds and the harlequins one well, I mean, the Chaos Space Marine one has all of the Legion stratagems. Oh, right. It. So it's the biggest one by far, I think. Because it's just, I, I picked it up next to the World Leaders one, and I was like, how are these the same price? Because this just the one just doesn't come with the Lannies. Uh It doesn't? No. <laughs> I love that GW has managed to produce what would ostensibly be a useful resource, but like stripped a bunch of the utility <laughs> out of it. Yeah. 
I like, was, the 8th edition Taiwan came with Warlord trait cards because there was nothing else to put in it. <laughs> I was super worried this wasn't going to have the Blood Tithe cards in it. <laughs> yeah, because it's so small. So you're like, oh, I was cool. Like, I still use my 8th edition Chaos, my 8th edition regular Space Marine deck because it was the only one that came with Doctrine cards. The 9th edition one doesn't. It's like, why? I mean, why are these the choices you're making? You kind of just, you either stay in the one. Or you proceed all the way through. Yeah, but it's nice to like be able to show your opponent that in some way, shape, or form. Yes, or to like mark the units in a new doctrine and stuff like that when you use stratagems and stuff on them. I guess. I don't know. I find it I find them very useful. They're in a different card sleeve. I keep them. <laughs> They're nice. Anyway, that'll do for the broad round up. We're gonna do the plugs, then we're gonna take a quick break for five, ten minutes, grab a drink, and we'll come back. But I am gonna do the plugs now. If anybody unless anybody has anything else they want to touch on for our general meta chat section. Nope. I'm taking that as a no. Thank you everybody for being with us so far for the show. This has been episode, this is continuing to be episode 34. Please don't leave. Um, <laughs> wow. <it is. laughs> this is abandonment just... issues in real time. Everyone. <laughs> um we are going to be back shortly we're going to do the plugs now um so if you're enjoying the show you can check us out every week uh tuesday at 11 p.m fuck you anthony 11 p.m gmt uh on youtube.com slash time it's 6 p.m eastern right yes yeah, you're, you're yeah. good you're good yeah fuck you said you said five i got confused i said it's five, 5 central CST. <laughs> stop confusing me during the plugs i'm only barely hanging on as it is I should just take this shit over. I should just. You should, but you can't because this is Adam, part of our appeal at this point. Um, <laughs> People come for the cringe. Stay for the stats. Exactly. If you want to support us a bit more, you can check us out at patreon.com slash statcheck, uh, where for $5 a month, you can get access to our wonderful, wonderful Discord community, uh, access to things like the TTS leagues that we're running. We're currently running a 72 person TTS major with some of the best players in the world attending. Can't complain about that. Um, or you get access to asking us bop and all questions at all hours of the day because we'll answer them we're idiots <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you can also check out our website at stash stat check.com where you can find all sorts of things from the meta dashboard the crs and the elo which are the best way to track how good you are at 40k for your big ep points you can also find access to things like our coaching and all of the articles that we write all that kind of thing is available on the website so please do check that as well thank you for being with us we're going to take a 10 minute break we'll be back at 10 minutes past the hour wherever you are if you are listening to the recorded show back, whether that's on YouTube or on whatever podcast feed you prefer, we will be back shortly. Uh, you're going to feel, you're going to hear a small cut. There'll be an ad for probably for Hammer. Who really knows at this point? And we'll be back shortly. Otherwise, if you're here in the live stream, stick around. We'll be here answering Adam, some chat and talking shit. Adam, do you have any plugs you want to make real quick? Before and yeah, we Adam, if you want to plug. Go. <laughs> oh, hey, everybody. I'm on three shows right now. FTN Forge the Narrative, usually coming out on your weekend, which is the venerable celebrating. just celebrated 10 years of production. And because we've done that, we're actually taking a break. We're doing... Boys, I've been doing that show for, I think, three or four years straight, every single week. I don't think I've missed... It, unless we haven't had the show on so taking a break after 10 years we back with some new invented stuff sometime in the future stay tuned uh we have art of war down under which is my personal podcast pro predominantly a review-based podcast comes out tuesday mornings i just recorded a a Syriani codex retrospective with the wonderful vic vijay uh that came out this morning at five o'clock go check it out if you have not and if you want to get involved a brand new discord for my uh, patrons just launched literally yesterday evening and uh jump over to the patreon jump on support get involved lastly the thursday show which essentially is the 
the unless I'm gonna say the big brother to this show. <laughs> it is it is the your pre-weekend hype show for the upcoming week's events. I break down the meta, break down the stats, lovingly created by myself, control effing clumsily through the lists. And we tell you what the meta is gonna be, possibly how you can beat it, and uh what you could should expect to see out there from the biggest events of the upcoming weekend. Hopefully it gets you a little bit excited. And uh yeah, see you later. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Stat Check episode 34. They came from the land down under. Uh, we are joined again by Adam, Nathan, Jeremy, Anthony, and myself, and we're going to be launching into some questions. These are from the Discord and from anybody who's super chatted. We're also running an extra special incentive. See that penguin in the back behind Adam? Uh, the top donator for super chats over the course of the show gets to name that guy until the next show, at least. Um, so, Congrats. yeah, currently he is called. Uh, Absalom, Destroyer of Worlds, which personally I think you guys should get rid of. Um, get in for there, entirely, people. entirely uh, reasonable answers. Far entirely too serious. Exactly. For, su for such a grandoise penguin. Um, so we're going to take some questions from the Super Chats to start. So the first one is Anthony. Why are Nightlord the superior CSM sub faction? Because if your army is going to be fucking terrible anyway, you might as well do it with style. Lean in and have a sick color scheme. Yeah, at least look look pretty. <laughs> you get in there on everything and lose like, way more games than you win. Every model yeah, has hand, too, hand so. painted lightning bolts. It's amazing. Yeah, fuck yeah. The second question we have, Anthony, they're all for you today. Oh, What's your favorite part of Votan? Um, my favorite part of it's Berserks. They're short, angry dudes that hit way harder than they look like they were. They're me, but in a faction. <laughs> I love those things. They're so much smaller than you expect to when you finally pick up one in person. They're like tiny. Oh yeah, they're little dudes. <laughs> my favorite thing about the whole faction is how good a save a girl uh, contributes. If you're in Ymir, it gives you a fucking awesome one. Power girdle, baby. It's the yeah. it's the secret tech of the forty first millennium. That's right. Just had to keep that dick safe, dude. It's very important. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's what void armor looks like. You know, like the wizard in her robes has void armor on, yeah. It's just a cod piece. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, now transitioning over to the Discord questions. The first one we have is, for Adam, how did LVO and American play live up to your expectations, and how does it differ from Australia? Additionally, would you bother to travel or LVO or frontline events again? So absolutely, like I, I enjoy just traveling for events full stop. It's always just exciting. Even if I just go to hang, it's always beautiful to experience other um, gaming cultures, other places, other fields. Everywhere does kind of, or I think ninth edition has really, and eighth edition to an extent, the modern editions of the game have really forced us, forced us to all play a very similar game. It used to be when Europe was literally WTC, America literally was ITC. You would travel to different places and the game would just be so different. It would almost be a different game. And that was exciting and great and nuanced for its own reasons. But now it's really interesting. So um, in Australia, the general flavor is pick sensible, don't need to be exceptional secondaries, nuke their primary, win the game. That's that's usually that is the top table play style of the vast majority of players of top that players sounds in Australia. Familiar. I know it's, it it does. Um, whereas <laughs> in America, it generally is the general feel is scorched earth, kill them, and they can't score. Um, is it, is generally the kind of experience that I've had so far. Naturally, um, here where I'm living right now is almost the exception to that rule, where they will do everything possible to not be seen, not be struck, not be shot. They literally play the least amount of 40k possible. Um, hey, the Euro style. 
which is I was about to transition that into that's exactly what happens in Europe, baby. The tippy top of the WTC is like who can do the least for the most value, and unless it's a stupid meta, then who can bring the most dumb, stupid, broken stuff that no one knows about yet? And that's 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 how things have got different flavors and different feels. It's really exciting, and nothing, nothing, nothing in this world is better than going to the WTC and just watching who thought they knew best and who actually did <laughs> who, who yeah. thought they who thought they had all the pieces of the puzzle and who had who was one step ahead one step behind one step adjacent i love that stuff the slack jawed shock the day before the wtc when the germans and austrians watched john brutally rip some poor sisters player in half with that custodies mm-hmm. list and they was, almost took him off the team was goddamn hilarious <laughs> like we're sending you home <laughs> in dishonor <laughs> It was just a practice game. It was, yeah, it's fine. He fucked around. You gotta be careful about agreeing to practice games with other countries. You see, you never know exactly what they're looking for out of you. Exactly right. Is there anything? As was there any other parts of that questions I didn't answer? Sorry. Um, no, that pretty much made it. We did miss one supercharged question from our own Tim Penny. Anthony, we're the best Chaos Knights, and why is it Bebop and Rocksteady? <laughs> it's Bebop and Rocksteady. It's not even fucking close. They're the best. As long as they're carnivores, don't play them as stalkers. They're way less good then. Um, Bebop and Rocksteady? What is this referring? Is this one with uh, blood, blood and one with the um, the Solanesh minus? So one has Aura of Corruption for minus one strength. Yep. And the other one has Beguiling Majesty for minus one to hit and wound hit, against hit it. Wounds. And yep. when you put them on top of each other, you get eight bound mm-hmm. wounding you on sixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that shit's real fucking annoying in an army with no rerolls. So This is... Yeah. This is one of the it's, combo pieces I was actually looking at. It's actually it's really good beautiful. on carnivores. I've run this before, but I ran it as stalkers, and I was like, "This kind of sucks. It doesn't matter." But as carnivores, they hit you and do like two damage, and the carnivore fucking kills you. So then it's yeah. it's way less like, mm. "Oh, it's fine." Um, yeah, yeah, very scary. No me gusta, pain. Man. But yeah, that combo is was... real good. And here I was just going to say, that's obviously just a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference. I don't know what you're talking about, Adam. It is definitely <laughs> also that. That's where it comes also from. Also that. Absolutely. <laughs> we even, like, uh, how old were you when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out, Anthony? I mean, I think oh, Inez wasn't alive. I was born in 94. Like, okay. I was real young. A- Adam, real I think young. I was... I was born in '87, so I was like out when that movie came out. Me, me too, me too, mate. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read that. Yeah, nineteen ninety, by the way. So six years older than me and four years older than Anthony. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. With Vanilla Ice in that first movie, I think too. Was that? That's was right. That? Yeah, yeah. Second yeah. Like Go Ninja, Go yeah. Ninja, Go song. Right, yeah. There we go. He made so much money off that. <laughs> Excellent. The next question is for again, Adam. You mentioned that you don't drink. As someone who's also sober for a year and three months, has 40k helped you? I know there's a not small drinking culture within the tournament scene. Have you had pushback at all, or people have been accommodating? And does that vary by country? So I, I didn't catch that last bit because um, I was already. So does does it vary by country on how accommodating people are with you not drinking? Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, the actual least accommodating place for me not drinking is actually Australia. <laughs> Funnily enough, the culture of drinking in Australia is just pervasive. It's everywhere, and it, it just needs to be accepted. That's just how people are but because of that we just need to be really accepting of people who uh have problems with it or are trying to not have problems with it uh congratulations whoever you are sir ma'am whatever um 
a year and three months is absolutely phenomenal. Well done. Hopefully it has been rewarding and phenomenal experience for you. It's the best thing I've, I've ever done in my life. Um, it's the only thing that's enabled me to have a life because I wouldn't have, have otherwise. I definitely wouldn't have made it 35. But uh, the, the culture of drinking is actually quite different from different country to country. Uh, I actually found surprisingly Heartland Europe was the only place uh, I haven't been to the UK yet, Ines, I'm assuming it's quite similar. I'm assuming that's where Australia got it from. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in America, it's actually, it's actually fine. Canada, absolutely fine. Uh, even in Mexico, absolutely fine. Uh, Australia and uh, some Heartland Europe, uh, European nations, I've actually found it to be, I guess, the, the most everywhere. France, uh, surprisingly, not too bad. Italy, not too bad. Um, but at WTC, it is quite pervasive. A lot of people are there for that at times. Um, are there, people who go every year, they're there to get sloppy. They're there to blow off steam and just play some 40K. And, you know, obviously they're, they're bastards who get to be good at 40K and sloppy at the same time. Uh, Worst. Not my cup of tea. If I'm there, I'm on the razor's edge. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's so, so far so good. People are genuinely really respectful of, um, of, of me not drinking and whatnot. And at, at most, people say, oh, why don't, you, why don't you drink? And I said, why don't I drink anymore? And then usually they shut up. They'd be like, ah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I usually just treat it like an allergy. Like I tell them, like, I won't, if, if I can't be bothered to explain, I'll be like, oh, I'm allergic. Because in reality, that's kind of what it is. If I drink, I lose the ability to be healthy uh, mentally, physically, or spiritually. So mm -hmm. hopefully that helps. That's good. Thank you for sharing. Next, we have from Dan. Given GW's needlessly high prices in Australia, is it more common or accepted to play with 3D printed armies and minis? That's it. I don't know why I raised my voice at the end there. That's the question. Uh, go nuts. Legit. Enjoy this hobby. Play it. Love it. Whatever enables you to do what you what you love. If you love playing the game and you can't afford to play the game, do the things that enable you to play the game. I'm I'm not a fan of the fact that Australia is so price gouged that the game is almost gay kept. Um, from people who want to play, especially kids, especially kids who, who love the IP, want to get into the game, and then they go and they can't. Um, so I'm not going to tell you where to go and how to buy things or even advocate in that way. I'm going to say, go to resellers, go to go to swap meets, do those things, do whatever you got to do, whatever's within your budget to enable you to enjoy the thing that you love. Mm. Leave it at that. Good answer. We also have, who has been or is your favorite guest to have on RF4 Down Under? Tony V! It's not, the, no, it's not him. He's not Tony. It's Anthony Vanilla. It's Tony Face, my man. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Anthony's legit, is legit my favorite. Me and him just get along like a house on fire. It's just the easiest, the easiest work I do. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't feel like work at all. Yeah, for sure. And naturally, I didn't just have to say that because I'm on his show. <laughs> so you definitely did. And it's okay. We'll, <laughs> so we'll, uh, the check will be in the mail. It's fine. Um, <laughs> What is your favorite local Australian snack or fast food that isn't available other places? Ooh, uh, it actually is available. It's actually being, it's actually catching on banh mi, which is like a Vietnamese, uh, usually, oh, a, usually a pork roll. Yep. Um, but a lot of you have, you know, barbecue pork, uh, a roast pork belly. You get good tofu, good mushroom ones as well if you're vegetarian, uh, which I sometimes do. And it's just like a beautiful French baguette with pate and like yeah, some veggies, some good. coriander, some pickles. Fan freaking fantastic. That's my fave. I can't find it everywhere, but when I do find it, I chow down. What's your approach for covering a new book? How do you dive into the book before recording? And would this differ for looking at new rules you play versus? 
What is different for looking at new rules to play with versus covering it for the podcast? So it depends if it's a faction I'm interested in. Like I have the other the the knights the chaos knights book literally right here. It hasn't since I got into the house, it has not left my room. And so I will literally, when I'm bored, I'll just crack it open and read it and look at something I'm interested in. We're looking at House Corvax a lot recently because I think they're just spicy, crazy, fun, unpredictable goodness. Um, but when I'm breaking it down for the show, there's two things. Firstly, I don't have a huge amount of time these days to study a book before I do it. And so I've tried to craft my uh, format to be an expert, um, somebody who has had time to break down that book, who is passionate, who is interested, who has that level that I can't bring myself to. And then I try to be the novice interpreter of the rules with an expert to make sure I get kept honest and you guys get a true uh, first impressions and expert interpretation of the rules that you're reading. Um, I did initially try to do both and found that it was extremely difficult to manage um, and also didn't make the show that much better. It possibly made it worse because it possibly felt like it was just two experts talking about things that people might not understand if they're going through that book on the first time, like synergies and different levels and stuff. So I'm trying to give both interpretations, both levels of it. And I'm getting better as I'm still hopefully getting better at that job as I'm going. And yeah, it, it's, I try and the first and foremost, everything I have, everything I do has to be fun. Not only for me, it has to be fun for my guest, has to be fun for the listener. And if it's not fun, if it's just reading a rule and being like, Herder, he goes quick, he punched good. It, it's No one's going to enjoy that. Nobody. Even, and I'm not going to want to do the show. So you've got to make it fun, got to make it punchy, um, and got to give multiple levels of interpretation. Good. Amazing. Does the Aussie McDonald's have any fun local foods? For example, the ones in the Philippines serve spaghetti and fried chicken. The ones in Germany serve beer. Uh, I don't think Australia, I think Aussies do. I think Aussies, the Aussie and the American ones are pretty similar. Maybe they put more pineapple and beetroot on burgers in, in Australia. I love pineapple. I, lo I love beetroot or beets. Yeah, I've on... never once heard of that in my life. So that's definitely a, a new thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, lo I love it. I love it on burgers. It's it's very good. Maybe they put more, good. more than none. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, that's McDonald's. Fair. McDonald's puts beets on burgers. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Aussies, Aussies love beets on burgers and also pineapple. On, usually, pineapple chicken, is so good. Pineapple mm. on burgers is legit. Grilled, mm, delicious. Yeah, grilled pineapples on any form of meat is. Mm. Grill. I'm getting down with grilled avocados now too. It's actually pretty nice. Mm. Oh, I yeah. might try that tomorrow for lunch. Good. McWork yeah. asks, "Who talks faster, Ennis or Adam?" I think. I think I, I have met, I've put a lot of work into slowing my cadence down. I oh, actually, okay. I, I actually have I put a, I've put a shitload of work into trying to talk slower to make my content better. Uh, hopefully it has come through for you guys. So yeah. Ines has got me, he's, he's lapping me. And this is newer to it. So yeah, Ines is definitely the This also just one. gets excited to, to oh, see, I lose it. You get me pumped. Mm, discipline yeah, gone. No, Let's we were fly. battle when we when I was on your show. You yeah, got, dude. You got fast. <laughs> okay. Uh favorite episode of Bluey. Oh wow. I actually don't know the episode names that well. Um it was one that had a party. Oh, and I think I think they had to make a kid apologize for something. See, I watch, so I have my morning tea and go through my patrons and discords and like check on the news and stuff while I sit next to my nephew watching Bluey in the morning. So I vicariously experience Bluey. So apologies if, I don't, if I'm not a Bluey expert. I am a Bluey <laughs> enjoyer, however. Nice. I what Bluey is. I love it. It's a, it's a cartoon. It's, a, it's, it's an Aussie cartoon. cartoon. It's actually fantastic. Yeah. How do you like your eggs cooked? 
if I'm going to cook them, Tim, Tim's got the hook up. <laughs> if you have kids i imagine that you have a nearly like wikipedia like knowledge of bluey at a certain point that's that's insane uh was the question eggs cooked eggs how do you like your eggs fried sunny side up if i'm gonna cook them sorry if someone else is cooking them poached i can't be can't be fucked poaching my own eggs Never heard of them. Uh, or I do a very good scrambled eggs. Nice. But if, if, if it's just me smashing it out, it, it's fried sunny side. How do you do the scrambled eggs? Very slowly. Finish it with a bit of cream, sour, sour cream or creme fraiche. On the stove, off the stove. On the stove, off the stove. Oh, Interesting. I like yeah. it. That's See, the, that's the fanciest way to do it. Instead. Mm. It's, you, it's, it's, got to be, it's got to be like creamy lumpy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, velvety. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right, Adam. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Uh no. Fuck it off. Good luck. Aim higher in life than canned <laughs> pineapple. Than canned pineapple on I, your pizza. I think higher is how people got to pineapple on pizza. That's true. That's Probably true. Correct. This is this. This is an Ouroboros, a snake eating its tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's for everyone. When is the Statue crew getting their Goonhammer picks? Got mine. Eventually. I've for years. One day. I don't know. One day. I'm hoping we get another year of Drukari so that I can time my picture correctly with something I'll be playing for a consistent amount of time. <laughs> and for no other reason. Do you not want the Butcher's Nails? I would absolutely do me with the Butcher's Nails, but, you know, either or. It match up exactly with your hairline. It's true. It <laughs> does start right here. <laughs> Dang. <sighs> when are you going to join your down under brethren on the GSC train? Me. I actually have to. Cons- so. I actually have considered playing GSC at times because they feel like a slightly more interesting guard list, well, especially during the vast majority when guard didn't have a codex. I was like, should I just play GSC? They're just like as close as I get to playing guard, and I love guard and I miss guard. Um, but I did not. I don't. I don't think I'm going there. I don't think. I'm not sure I'll ever go there. That house is just like makes people allergic to GSC, man. No one there. This this one, it's dude. John is his first love is GSC, and he doesn't play GSC. And I ask him why, and he says, "I don't like this book." I'm like, "It's something about that house, dude. It just turns you off. It's It's, it's, on a ley line of like not Muscle Beach, so they don't want it. It's right. It's right. It's only one. There's only one configuration. It's if it's not merely GSC, they never heard of it. There's no vultures in it. John's not interested. Adam, what frightens you most about having your own show Discord now? Oh, that I won't do it justice. I won't engage with people enough. They won't see the value. They won't feel a com- the community I want to try and bring or the positivity. Um, I also fear it's going to take too much of my time. I'm going to do other things in life shitter because I feel like I owe it to my patrons. Hmm. So quite a lot, it turns out. <laughs> Congratulations on uncovering a bunch of vulnerabilities. Yay! For <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> Snapcheck team, hindsight being um, twenty twenty, what advice would you give Adam about running a show Discord, and what egg dish best describes it? Oh, um, scrambled eggs I feel like done correctly. Get, we've run our show Discord, which is into the ground. Um, <laughs> that's not. That's not even remotely true. Yeah, we have the best Love show Discord. All. It's not close. Um, I think I'm going to take Adam's example here poached eggs because someone else is doing it 
Because <laughs> the reality our, is, we are very hands off with our with our churches. Like we're involved, but the community moderates itself. The community engages with itself as well as engaging with us. So if you're attracting the right kind of people in the first place, mm. it's going to be a great environment. What we did was we seeded our Discord with people we liked to start with. We were like, check it out. We put a couple of our friends in there just on the side. And then we were just the kind of people we were all, we all got to know each other through mm. another show's Discord, which is what brought us together. So we already liked interacting with each other in this way, which meant that people were just getting brought into our interactions, which meant that we've kept yeah. the same momentum going where people will get brought into, it feels like we're just bringing, you know, 200 more people into the way our friend group interacts at this point, which is super healthy for us. And it's mm. worked really well. That's, yeah, also, that's a great way of doing it. Wish I had a thought of that. <laughs> 100% well, too, though. You thing. just have to put your foot down, like, at the right moments. Like, yeah. you just have to, you'd have to take it off the heat at the right time. Like, so you mm. have to put the heat into your Discord occasionally and, like, remind people that they can't just, mostly just random people getting snipey at each other. So you just have to be like, please just don't. Or if, mm. like, arguments turn circular, you just have to tell them, please stop that. Yeah, it's I keep a real anywhere. tight eye on people arguing each other's arguments rather than like talking about like the point where I'm mm -hmm. just like, hey, slide into your DMs if you want enough. to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys don't you guys don't have a tab called like Flight Club, which is exclusively moderated by Anthony, where he just goes in there and like, you guys have at it. One only one of you can maintain membership of this Discord. <laughs> one of you leaves. One of you. No, stays. we're not allowed to. Figure we're not allowed out. to use Fight Club anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we lost oh, the license. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't own. Fair. We don't own any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't know that we ever did. I feel like there's a big movie that'd be real pissed at us for thieving. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair too. <sighs> I've seen a lot of people suggesting that Arch is the most balanced meta of ninth due to the flattening of win rates. What are your thoughts on that? We'll do that for everybody. Anyone got a coin? Arcs no, suck. Yeah. Arcs is terrible. Uh, it I is, guess uh, the win rates are flat because it's a coin flip, right? Yeah. The win rates are good the way that Sigmar win rates are good. And however you feel about that tells me everything I need to know about you. So... What I'm looking think, forward to. Sorry, go ahead. There's no way that this is a more balanced meta than Nephilim. It's not there's, even there's, close. There's, there's just no way. And honestly, Nephilim was kind of dull, but it was truly well balanced in, in, in the T's and C's of it. Um, as balanced as Ninth Edition has gotten easily. They could have uh, made like three adjustments, and Nephilim yeah, would have been perfect. Fine. So yeah. the comparison is. Oh, so what, what do you guys have your opinion? I've got, then I've got a question. Yeah, for me, I think. One, one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is once Gunahammer updates uh, with an Arcs of Omen filter on their tabletop battles data, where you can start looking at go first win rates. Mm -hmm. And you're going to split that out. I, I mean, I, I can't say with certainty, but with high confidence, I'm pretty sure you're going to see a heavy skew towards go first armies. Definitely. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if the guard, the guard especially the guard win rate, I really want to see what the go first versus go second is. Yeah, I really yep. want to know. <laughs> An Iron I, I think Arcs um, yeah. has hidden all of its problems in the fact that people consider Marine sub-faction diversity to be diversity in the meta. And that's just not true. I'm sorry, folks. Your two versions of Iron Hands, two versions of Dark Angels winning everything is not list diversity. Yeah, when you compare... Some of them are Space Wolves. Sure. Sorry. I see. Uh, funnily enough, I like Space Wolves the most out of this configuration. I, I 
and I, and I also like them the least. It's, it's, it's so <laughs> weird. I feel so strange about them. They just, they just feel like they have more nuance to them than the other two, but have a decent game into either. But never mind. That's a different question. Okay. I feel like space wolves have the staying power of a wet fart, and it's a real problem. Yeah. Like I, mean, I don't like my I don't like my marine army losing to mortars. That's kind of where I'm like. Cutting that the is line. the thing. Right? <laughs> but you just have you have so many things for them to shoot. You're just like ah, I've got so many they, boys. They fucked up the the like in game like class fantasy to borrow a term from WoW real bad. This this like playset this like mission pack. Um, holy moly, do armies not feel right? Like, Guard is the most egregious example, I think, at yes. least when I play against them as world leaders, where, like, nothing dies, like, at all. Like, because I can just never get to them. Mm -hmm. Also, even if I had guns, they're two up T8 tanks. Like, it's like... Yeah. You just get run over by them, and then you're like, I hope I scored enough. And it's like, that's not at I hate all. Seeing Harlequins I hate seeing Harlequins lose to Guard in combat. That, that's been bugging me. Right, Yeah. <laughs> Like why? Why is the Sentinel winning a fight? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of really the ability to transhuman. <laughs> yeah, the ability Dude, to trans transhuman a guardsman squad is the funniest thing on earth, though. Like, I did it once in combat against a war boss, and if he hadn't had brutal but cunning, he would have only killed like three, three uh, freaking guardsmen from the Scarecrow squad, and it would have been real funny. But then he rerolled all of his attacks and killed all of them. But it didn't matter. Have you tried killing that Bulgren yet? Oh, Bulgren yeah. are funny and it's no, no. great. That the one Bulgren in the Cadian Command yeah, squad. That. Oh, yeah. Transhuman and a feel no pain. <laughs> and minus one damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a two-up save, a one-up in cover. Yeah. Buddy it's lives great. through a railgun on average. <laughs> and you can bring him it... back from death. If he dies, him and two of his friends. It is hate guard so much. It is inane, the difference in polarities. Like, legitimately, the Space Wolf feels like a Horde army. It feels like an, oh, MS, yeah. it feels like an MSU Horde army. It feels a lot like what Drakari was when their book first came out. What did you, you call them, have, Anthony? Rats with Melguns. You just have stuff. Oh, cool. Here's, here's, here's my list. I'm just like, I shouldn't be reading for this long. This is more words than should be on this list. I think my Iron Hands has my Iron Hands list has eighteen units in it. I'm like, I shouldn't oh have eighteen God. units. No, it and shouldn't. Think... Marines feel like a horde list, and they don't yeah. feel durable with the exception of one unit. And then you have armies that should feel durable that are predicated, and their price point is predicated on feeling durable. Uh, Custodius Votan being uh, the two that come to mind the most. They're not durable. They're straight up not. You have them with 40 melter guns, they fucking die. Because we're yeah. at such a level of extremes uh in, in Arcs of Omen. And so yep. if you're if, if that's what you're talking about, balance, we are we are so extreme, we've reached some weird dichotomy of 50 50ing. Sure. It's like that, that Mr. That is, Burns that is video where everything's trying to get through the door at the same time. To yes. Him, and yes. nothing can quite get through. And then he thinks he's invincible. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, it's ah. like every, every, every single army is trying to be broken, but they're trying to pass through the door and mm -hmm. everybody else is like, get back here. I'm just killing you on turn one. Exactly. Yeah, I think what we've said multiple times about arcs, the biggest problem with arcs is that you've created a situation where skew is like the only way to play. Because yes. you've opened up all the detachments, you've removed all of the balance levers for Marines based on war gear. So the only way to play something like Space Wolves, you're like, well, I'm going to play Space Wolves because I can bring 50 Melta guns to this match. If this was because true, both... why does the Brutalis Dread suck so much? <laughs> because it's not <laughs> like... priced for free war gear, essentially. Yeah, it's not priced correctly. Like those units yeah. in that book, I'm 
half betting that we see some kind of silly FAQ or update to the MFM where the whatever they're called out ignore line of sight. Give me point are gonna right? be 30 no. points, they're gonna be 30 points apiece <laughs> instead of 35, and their upgrades are gonna be free. And then the brutalist red will drop like 20 to 30 points. 20, 20 30 points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then one, you'll one see both of those in white stars. I promise. You're gonna see like some mad lad's gonna bring 30 of those missile troops to a match with Reboot Gilliman and Seal of Oath Marines, yeah. and yeah. Seal of Oath. And he'll turn one just randomly erase an opponent. You just know what's going to happen. And, you know, I don't want to say his name because we'll summon him, but Manny will just turn around in his evil Bond villain chair and be like, (laughs) indirect, you say. Yeah. (laughs) you say. My time has come. I'm running running (laughs) 50 for Vibe Check League with uh, Mastercraft on the Sergeant's Vanguard launcher. Uh, I saw that. You're the worst. You're a terrible person. So funny. Three damage endurance makes six. Who, I really want to shoot somebody's six money burn squad. That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> Marines just got better dark reapers, essentially. It's just like way they better do. dark reapers. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Like the Tempest launcher is essentially the. But the thing is, it's totally fine for you to sit there and shoot that vengeance board up, launcher for a couple of turns, just yeah. walk out and four dark land somebody. That's that's totally that's acceptable yeah. thing to do. With them. But just too many points because you can just do it with eradicators who are more durable and better buff support. It's such a weird state of the game, though, to say that like a 35 point model or earlier today when people were talking about the Asriel data sheet Dude. being 170 points. For it's Asriel a nerf. Is too it's a freaking nerf, mate. They nerfed him. The finally the, look what's under my name, kids. 70 points for an extra wound, yeah. an extra attack, and an extra damage, and extra strength on a sword. It's too I love much. it. I love it. I love it. Plus 30 points, man. It's 100% player rate, man. Unplayable. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. But the see, the thing is, 30 points unhinges that army it actually unhinges that yeah. army yeah because when everything's free and everything is accounted for point literally point for point accounted for to fit in like cherry ripe just right in there um 30 points just throws it all out of whack thing it is like one one terminator one yeah. terminator out of 46 it's the end of the world but yeah, you lose a cycle missile launcher for that the sky the sky is falling oh wait it's free <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. There was another uh, question from Derek about what's your thoughts regarding the fuck it, it's all free method of organizing. balancing. I feel like we've covered that there. It's horrific. bad. Horrific. The worst part of it, though, is it's lazy. Yeah. Yes, it is lazy. Sorry. I definitely Continue. think that, like, you can't, why would you ever own a boat or plague marine now? Like, what's the point of having that stopped? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. As a content creator who is often featured in the commentary role, what, if any, methods and tools do you use to work on your commentary skill set? I listen to a lot of, I mean, so when people are, uh, when I first started, and the reason I just uh, decided to go with the flow and just speak as fast as I wanted is because I was actually modeling myself off uh, StarCraft Two League of Legends MOBA streamers. Because I thought, what what is what is the thing that quite, what do I know that is doing of that is doing the thing that they I want to do? Fast, they talk fast freaking fast. Game. They slaughter the play-by-play. They actually annihilate it. And so that was the first model. And I found that I had a, I had a, I was already, I knew I was already a fast talker. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. I can do that. I, and I started like bumbling along. I would read a book and I would try and talk along with the commentators, like try and hit syllable to syllable, just and I, I found I was good at it. And then uh, of course I jumped in. I've been doing this for I think just about as long as anybody. I think Wargames Live Joe and you know um, and Rob the Honest Wargame and some of those people they've 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 streamed more than me now. 
Uh, like they've lacked me in hours, but I think I've been doing this as long as anybody. And I've learned that um, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you say all the time, as long as you're saying something. <laughs> is it, the stream of consciousness is is not the best way to go. Sorry, I, if I'm, am I going off topic? What, what was the there question again? No, go yeah. Um, are there any methods and tools you use to work on your commentary skill set? And is mm. it something you conscientiously try to improve on? Or is it a lot more casual approach? So I, I've gone more casual. I tried the professional level and I've backed it off more and more as I've gone. Hopefully that's because I've gotten better and I know what, what's relevant now. But so the the way that my whole concept for streaming, and I hope this has been pervasive in the way I've done it, is that I want to, so unlike a lot of sports, I analyzed a lot of sports when I was first getting started with, you know, down under network back in the ye old days of 2017, 2018. Um, which feels like a lifetime ago. Me, me and Josh Diffie just, just put a camera on a table and started talking. And that's pretty much why I'm here now. And uh, I, I analyzed 40K. I, I knew enough about 40K. And I knew I'd watched enough sports by this point. I'd look at enough commentary. And I realized there are sports where the all the commentary needs to do is explain what's happening. That's all I need to do. That they can just be in a revolving door of explaining what is happening constantly, constantly. Basketball is a great example of that. Um, Australian rules football is a great example of that. The commentators don't need to say anything except what is occurring on the table. 40K is not that game. A better comparison of 40K is something like billiards, darts, golf, cricket, yes. chess. Exactly. You need to the, – the game is not going to uh, – is going to be the focal point for something like basketball, and all you need to do is call the action, whereas in 40K, the commentary needs to uplift the action. I need to hold up the action and make it something that you can disseminate. So I, I, well, You can just watch the game of basketball, yeah, with the, with the commentators off, and you will get 80%, 85%, 90% of what you were, what you were viewing. As long as you know the rules of the game, you will understand. And if you don't, you will know the number goes up when the guy gets the thing in the, in the hoop. Cool? Yep. <laughs> Good. I figured this out. The guy blew the whistle. Everybody stopped. I can figure this out. 40K is not that game. I need to look at the game and I need to be good enough that I look at the game, interpret it, and when I shoot it at the microphone, you understand. And it's a very hard thing to do. I challenge anybody to give it, give it a go. If you don't. It's real difficult. It's yeah, freaking hard it work, man. Once at Charity Hammer, and I was like, this is what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've done like a half dozen games total, maybe a dozen now. It, it, never, it doesn't get easier unless you put real effort into it. It's just, yeah. you can talk about 40K, but making it something people can engage with and understand casually, especially when people are dropping in and out of the stream, exactly it's right. real hard to keep yeah. that flow. Um, the next thing is that we've started to get so good at the Well, we're starting to get good enough at that we can start to have people in roles. You have people who are color, you have people who are play-by-play, -play, you have people who are, are just kind of, I call them like, ringmasters like you know like you know you're in the, in the big tent of a circus you have the ringmaster yeah. um guys like paul murphy he's a ringmaster because he he doesn't necessarily uh, understand what is happening on the game he doesn't need to his job is to just bring out key points explain them and dump and then bounce and then bounce off the other person whereas the color commentator is the person who the the, the so-called expert at the time they need to give you the juice he is there to to promote the juice, and so it's it's like it's standard. It's a whole thing again that uh, that you could look into if you wanted to, and that is more that is more uh, copying of stuff like uh, pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, yep. where yeah, you have an expert in the chair, and then you have somebody who just just is, it loves what they're seeing, and they're just like, oh, this is crazy. I love this unit, Lord of Skulls. Tell us what it does. Tell us why people should care. And then the other person just be like, man, Lord of Skulls has got this guy. It's got this. I'm going to go there. It's going to move from here. It's going to declare a charge in this direction. Could use this stratagem. 
when they dodge the three mal guns and you're like, oh, and, okay. and then you did a single tier. <laughs> at least four. <laughs> four. <laughs> but that's heavy like, rifles. Um, the envelope is being pushed and it continues to be pushed. And so we'll see where we end up in another couple of years of commentary. Yeah. Perfect. That was from uh, Logan Sama as well, who is a uh, ah. who is a esports fight. Yes, uh, I know of fighting Logan. commentator. So it's phenomenal. In the spirit of the show title reference, did Adam give you Nathan a Vegemite sandwich? I have met Adam in person exactly yes. one time at LVO, which Gosh. was the funniest interaction because Adam walked in and immediately said, "Hey, it's Stats Dad," <laughs> and I was like, "Man, nobody has actually called me that in person at a greeting before," and it was great. I actually tried uh, Vegemite years ago when I met up with some friends in Denver who are from Perth, and they brought Vegemite with them because they wanted. They they thought they were gonna torture me with it, but they put it on toast with like a little bit of butter and it was fine. It was good. Delicious. I would eat I it's would eat delicious. Vegemite again. Mm -hmm. I don't have any complaints. I think I can actually buy Vegemite in the store now here in the grocery you store. Buy it here. It's weird stuff. In, in Chicago. It's delicious. I think it's fine on toast. I don't, haven't gone out of my way to buy more of it, but I probably should now to remind myself what it tastes like. Because I don't Once again, it anymore, really. Delicious with avocado, funnily enough. Hmm. Yeah. Avocado. I would try it. Can you give us a quick rundown of the goat battle? <laughs> so we have to explain what the goat battle is. Okay, so oh, no. So we have the vibe check league going on right now, and TJ made the brilliant move of Rookie suggesting mistake. that we recommend an army for him. And he said GSC, demons, or question mark. And so naturally the question mark led to certain people within the stat check discord recommending that he play the warp meld pact army of renown for thousand suns <laughs> which for anyone who is not familiar with it it has made one appearance since its it release at terrible. the GT level <laughs> one it is bad it is terrible you lose uh, i'm gonna give you a real rundown of it you have to have more uh goats zangors than rubrics or scarabs you cannot take any named characters. You do not get access to the Discipline of Vengeance. You lose Brotherhood of Sorcerer, so you lose your plus one to cast. Everything in your army gets a five-up invul now. Uh, and you get access to a few stratums that are kind of cute. Like one of them is a pregame upgrade where you can make your spawn plus one toughness and plus one strength. Neat. So TJ had to run that list, and TJ got paired into me round one. I had just submitted my latest Ravenwing jank as my list, and we were playing Mission 11. How many shots does that Ravenwing list have? Uh, it has six Landspeeder Tornadoes. So that right there is 36 Assault Cannon shots and 12 shots. Melt the yeah. Shots. Uh, nine Attack Bikes, so another 18 Melt the Shots and another uh, 36 Bolter Shots. Uh, two Talon Masters, so another... 36 shots it has a lot of guns, Got guns. um and uh tg went first advanced everything towards me hit an 11 inch charge hit an 11 inch charge with the spawn killed two attack bikes great the sheer disrespect and not the point to inches back so he couldn't charge you what's he gonna do shoot me <laughs> charge you clearly <laughs> he did he killed two attack bikes i was terrified oh, the show those two attack bikes he did um put the four up invuln on the on the spawn so they're you know hard to kill 
Uh, and on my turn, I killed 45 goats and eight spawn. And one of that that unit of spawn that had the five, had the four up, I made it have a five up because I had the Raven Wing uh, champion with the Reliquary of Repentance in the list, where he just parked next to them and said, "All you guys are within three inches of me. You get a five up. Enjoy." A terrible person for doing that. <laughs> uh, turn two, he ran more goats at me, uh, connected with one more charge, and then I picked up another forty-five or fifty goats, and we called it the bottom of three when he had three Zangor Shamans left, and that was it. 17-3, baby. <laughs> he still scored. He maxed Ritual, because I couldn't deny it, because he just made it undeniable three times. Or twice, and I couldn't make the deny on the third one. So, yeah, the bet was that if um, TJ won, Jeremy had to play Goats around two, but yeah. sadly not. I took that personally. So, yeah. the funny thing was, was that during this person. game, I got a message from Jeremy that said, Nathan, I'm not sure I'm going to win. <laughs> Because he's going to push into me, and I have to push out to score. And I was like, based on that first turn, Jeremy, that I was able to watch, I don't think that's the problem. Here. But this is, this is that's on how many you feature. Die. Yeah, there was. I was wildly, many, wildly overgassed. I thought Jeremy how many no prisoners. It was how many no prisoners points. No, it was specifically how many goats. It was how many no prisoners. I was within like ten, but I was. Yeah, I think off. I did eighty-four wounds turn one. Yeah, my guess was 83, but but the question was gold kills, which was fine. Yeah, yeah. The problem was I had to invest a bunch into killing those spawn that were sitting on my front door because I let them happen. Should have just charged them, bro. Yeah, wasn't trusting in the thunder hammers. Coward. Uh, but um, the, the highlight of that game was two turns of just half my army sitting still so it could hit on twos. Batman. Will asks, Adam, will you be streaming events around Australia in the future? Would love to see some coverage from you. Uh, when I get back, I'm going to be in talkings with uh, some of the good lads running the Oceanic Circuits and possibly doing some of those events. We, we will see how we go. That's me, me and Diffie just going to sort something out. If he, if he wants me to do it, 100% I'll do it. Uh, especially for the championships, 100% if he wants me to do it. And I don't have a ticket especially. Hey! Uh, yeah, then I'll be there. What's your favorite army of Renown? Crusher. <sighs> in existence right now? In the past? No. So far, no. Actually, there's actually many contenders, right? It is just Crusher. It was just what even comes close? Uh I would have played the fuck out of the Covens one if they didn't murder my thick boys right before it came right out. Right before it came out. Yeah. Um what's the one for the Phobos only? Vanguard Spearhead. <laughs> Yeah, Talk about, about the best rules ever on the shittest units imaginable. Let's go. I know, right? Every time you hit, you do a mortal. With yeah, boy. $10. On anything else, that is incredible. Specifically so it's here, enemies, it's any garbage. warlord that you hit with, uh, with your Wii unit just takes mortals. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's you, only like, on full bus units. If you explain that without telling, if I was to explain to you what that does without telling you what units you can use it on, and then right at the end say full bus only, you would be so hard for most of that chat. <laughs> you would just be like, "Oh, really? Tell me more." Oof, I'm definitely more. proposing, like, for the next game at Blunderdome, <laughs> that we just do like everybody does a different sub fact, does a different space marine sub faction for full bus army for now. Dude, oh. <laughs> yeah, Dude, the white guys one, like. Goes all right. Like the the, the Raven Guard one goes all right. You actually get to put Shrike in it, which Shrike's. Yeah. I don't know my wavelength. I read that day actually yesterday was very disappointed. Uh, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? 
Shrike. He's only like yeah. 140 points and he's a he's, chapter master. He's, he's not that bad. He's a cheap chapter master that gives you real charge, pretty much. It's, it's, yeah. Okay. Nathan, Jeremy? I'm also a big fan of the Coven one. I think it just is cool because I love Coven models. I mean, hence homunculus underneath my damn stuff. And I did a bunch of homunculus style research for my graduate work. So homunculus stuff has a has a special place in my heart. I would do terrible shit for updated homunculus models, like or coven models. I I all my coven stuff is converted, which is really my favorite thing because you can convert the shit out of coven units and they look really awesome. I miss you so much, Kasha. <laughs> Innis, Innis, in fact, I, just has oh, actually, a, a plushie that is a Crusher Stampede book. Way better than that. I, when, I, Innis, when Innis came to America to stay with me, I made sure there was a copy of Octarius, like, Threat Rising or whatever in the bed he was going to stay in when he got into it. I don't understand this, Innis. So you, you, you say that, like, Deathwing is boring and formulaic, and then you're like... But Crusher is my sweetheart. I found it's I found Crusher quite dull. Yeah, but I actually innovated on the Crusher list. Everybody was playing like double demon. Ooh, you took like, a harpy. Ooh, look yeah, at me there. The harpy was huge. <laughs> the is awesome, but still, the I just, were I just awesome, Nobody I, else was playing them, and then it was like, oh, I want a super major with this. It was good. Crushed five Harlequins list in a row, <laughs> like during peak. I loved walking I know, over. I enjoyed it. I loved walking down to the over to the dice check boys at LVO. I think it was twenty twenty, and just being like, oh, you guys run harpies, eh? Just to see what they do. Just, just mess with. Them. I know the harpy's good. But I'm just being like, run harpy. It's a joke unit for the entire demon's time. I know. Up till then. <laughs> yep. And they all just kind of like staunched up a little bit. I'm like, ah, it I was the you. first data sheet I read when I got the new ninth codex was high turn than harpy, and I was so happy to read the new harpy data sheet. Harpy is so good. Okay. Um, can we have vile turn allies that winning Eldari list? No, that's not what the show questions is about, bro. What's up? I assume it's weird Eldar bullshit that nobody understands, like every other Eldar list. Go and listen to Vic's episode on Art of War Down Under, where he goes through the other codex. You'll have a much better and more up-to-date understanding of that. It's yep. not that odd a list. It's Yanari, so it's always going to be a little fun. So, yeah, it's bizarre. Nobody understands a single thing it does. The rules are probably wrong. That is often true with Yanari. Look, man, nobody knows how those psychers work. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if you've read the WC rules section recently, but not for that army I have wild they're have very a... clear on what works and what doesn't work in that army thankfully I think Are we, have they, though? Three, we have three like Eldari one tricks in the US prospect pool and then Sean's our captain I just writ off that super faction when I was looking at stuff <laughs> and the last one we have from the discord and then we'll take a couple from the chat to finish up Adam UFC talk thoughts about the recent pay-per-view with Jones and Valentina it was good it was really good um but the best fight was neil versus um what's his name rock rockmanov oh yeah that was nuts that, that, was, a phenomenal, that was a phenomenal fight they're both awesome like i love jeff yeah. neil i love his story uh yeah. but dude uh jones i i people did not people were like oh god's actually a strong ma a bad match for him. i was like i don't think you understand jones uh, a good match for, for jones now. there's like a copy pasta that was going around that was like gun to my head. Martians in this in space with the laser pointed at the planet. One fighter has to win a fight. Who do you pick? Or we're all dead. It's John Jones, and I it's like unironically believe that it is hundred like, percent. He on this planet. Yeah, hand to hand kills any other human being he fights. 
It's ridiculous. So what is what was weird is that people honestly thought that Garn so would be able to defend takedowns. They was like, oh, he's probably figured out how to stop being taken down because he got taken down by Nganu, who's probably legitimately like a three out of ten wrestler. Nganu, yep. legitimately. Jones took down Daniel Cormier three yep. times. Daniel had never been taken down ever, and Daniel's considered to be a eleven out of ten wrestler. He was an Olympic wrestler. He eleven out of ten. And you think Garn has going to is going to be in six months since he got well, what is nine months since he got taken down by Garnu is going to figure out how to not get taken down by Jones. Also, sorry, like, sorry guys. Yeah, like no, the uh, the fact that Garn doesn't train between fights, and that that's a lie. I, I don't. I can't believe that. I actually believe that. Really? Because um, I've I've known fighters like that that are like wow. until I get a call, I just chill. They don't. Um, but the, mild me. The, the other yeah. thing is. Jones is a legitimate psychopath. Like, yes. Like, I'm well demonstrated. Sure he, yeah, like yeah. many times over, like just a madman. So um, there's, a, there's a thing, this even refers to 40K. How good do you get and how successful can you be to think before you lose interest? Uh, when, when I, exactly right. And it's so interesting to, to be uh, like, to, to be, I work in a, in, a, in a field very akin to psychology and I do psych assessments on various peoples. I, you know, work in community services. I'm very highly involved with this and just seeing ultra successful people continue to have a desire to be ultra successful um, is fascinating to me because once I'm really good at a thing, I tend to lose a little bit of interest in it. It tends to take a back when I'm like, I'm good at that. That's that's fine. I can move on to something fresh. It's so challenging for you. I want, yeah, exactly what I want fresh new things. I look at guys like Eric Luthuris. So as far as I can tell, Eric is the best player I've ever met. Possibly the best player of all time of, of 40K. He plays at such a high level so naturally and it feels like it's so easy for him that I, I, I find it fascinating that he's, he doesn't get bored. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. John Jones is very similar in that he is so he is so much better than everybody else. He stopped training entirely for fights. He would yep. go out and get very noticeably hammered before fighting the hardest, scariest men in his weight in the world. And yep. he would and beat them all. Them. Yeah. Surely, surely you're like, I'm done here. Nothing more. I'm going to go try and like be a sculptor. Pottery classes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, become a baker. Uh, this is how my mind works. And so I find it fascinating when there's people out there who are just like the exact opposite. Their drive does not go away. It's I fascinating. Think, I think the only way to be the best in the world at something is to have an unhealthy relationship with it. Exactly. That's, that, that is a very controversial opinion. Be a bit of a uh, psycho like Jones is. Be a little yeah. bit... Mm, but yeah. like, you don't... You're not. There's someone else who will be. Exactly. 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 Like, no, no. Usually yeah. what I say is that like when people are like, oh, how did you get so good at 40K so quickly? I was like, oh, I just like had a really unhealthy relationship with the game and played it for like 12 hours a day on top of working yeah. 12 hours a day on top yeah. of going to events during COVID. I just did a really unhealthy, stupid thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it turned into talent by virtue of grind. I respect that. I'm, I also have to grind for my things in life. Yeah. But I don't think anyone's that naturally good at things that require lots of time investment. And if you are, you get exposed super fast by people that are good and work hard. Yeah, exactly right. To, especially in 40K, talent will get you to a certain level and then effort yeah. needs to carry the rest. And that's true for so many things in life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are going to burn through the last couple of the uh, super chat questions. That's the word I was looking for. Nick Blackburn says, if that check horse were an Illuminati member from Doctor Strange 2, which ones would they be and why? Oh, I didn't see that, so I don't know. I haven't seen that, so I'm... I've Quickly. kind of... I don't know. I haven't seen it either. 
Was Damn it, give, me, give me a chance. Definitely not the guy that can't speak. I, um, that's all I got. I mean, the thing about Black Bolt is not that he can't speak. It's that when he speaks, he destroys everything. Oh, he's not. Oh. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's not. Oh, no. Leave Supernova alone. Uh. Call his chance. He asks, advice for playing Tricarion to Dark Angels, particularly Tarvi Spam, also secondaries in general for the faction. So what used to work really well uh, was Drazar and Blood Brides. That combination Correct. usually meant that you used to get through enough of them. Um, I have like, a Over the game... But I've guess. lost nine, sorry, seven two one unit blood rise before. Seven deafening termies. To if I get to double rise. fight, I'll kill two squads. Remember, Call of Strife is gone. But that's where wound rerolls is sad. Yeah, without wound rerolls, they're a lot worse. Uh, you can pick up reroll one through Kronos, but you're still down to just like winning on fours, rerolling ones at that point. Um, Shrunk that empty so guys. That won't do it. Um, okay. So like, you'll get closer but you're not gonna get there fight last actually can fuck dark angels though because they're not like they don't have fights first so if you get a fights last onto them you will activate everyone it's just yucky like it's hard to get through the they have too much shit now they do to you what you used to do to them where like yeah. they would kill a bunch of your shit and you'd be like haha bitch i got more that it's just the inverse so now I, w I was playing Heavy Deathwing when uh, Drakari came out, and I played, I think I played Matt Morisoli, uh, I think it was either seven or nine times over I'm a weekend. So sorry. And we learned that Deathwing cannot exist in, in the Drakari world. And that's literally, I've been playing Ravenwing since then, or Ravenwing right. Primary since then. Because I'm like, as long as Matt Morisoli exists, <laughs> I cannot I cannot win an event yeah, in Australia. Yeah, right, so. <laughs> I, there is the ceiling. His name is Matt. Uh, he's also an athlete. If you didn't know, that's um, true. Yeah, <laughs> very dangerous. But uh, what you need to do is the best thing that I think you guys can do is unpin all the synergies, literal dive bomb characters, and go kill go kill the apost, go kill the banner, go kill all those little douchebag talent masters. All the things that are going to kill you, and then you're just left with a slow unit, an army of terminators against super quick Drakari. and that's that's a that's some that's that's not winning situation still because they're probably on all the objectives, but it's a damn sight better than just sitting there getting ground out. The, yeah. the most fun Drakari list I played against recently was like six squads of the um, the mortal wound guns. Just like firing about with oh, the minus the minus like three leadership bolt yeah. venom bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, and that was kind of annoying. Uh, the guy could not roll the hit for toffee, and I was playing GSE, so it didn't really matter. But at the Dark Angels, that would be really annoying. You yeah. know what? Fuck it. Triple Tantalus, do it. <laughs> All right, Nick. You've definitely been spending too much time in the Warhouse. <laughs> It'd be a real shame if the Dark Angels found three under his pillow, and now he's trying to figure out what to do with them, trying to offload them onto this poor guy. Kelsey asks, in Archmeta, is Archmeta what happens when companies look at the wrong stats and based off of it and also selling new models? Kind Arx of. The Archmeta is what they do when they're phoning in the last six months of an edition. That too. Yeah, they dropped all the weights. They dropped all the weights off the army. They've, I, they've so now done exactly the same thing at the end of 7th edition, end of 8th edition, now the end of 9th edition, where they essentially unhinge the edition and let it essentially make it free play where everything goes and only the the loosest interpretation of Man, they've, all, they've tricked us into playing a Nathan's Crusade campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely just love doing that, though. I love the Crusade League. It's I, wish, I wish they would just, just the properly do that. I wish they would just be like, no data slate. Good luck. 
Crocker's back. <laughs> Kelsey also asks Adam, who's your dream co-commentator? So, Either hypothetical, like somebody who is not in the 40k space, or somebody who is in the 40k space. I always wanted to work with Jeff Robinson. I really wanted to. I always thought he had so much, uh, he uh, so much to teach, so much I could have learned off that guy. Um, and to, I, I never got to meet him. Didn't even get to meet him. The, the LVO that I, the first LVO came came to in 2020. He you know passed away some six nine months. I think it was I think it was like seven months before. So like literally, it was about five because it was like two weeks before WTC. Two weeks before WTC. Yeah, yeah. It was not long after. So I, I just missed him. Just missed the the, the great man. Um, so he would have been up there. He would have been hundred percent my first choice. Just because I would like to sit and just sponge. Um, it's not so much that he was a good commentator of the game. He was just a great quick mouth that worked people really well. He worked a crowd. He worked a he worked a, a scene. He worked a room phenomenally well. And if I could just siphon off ten percent of that, I'd be so much better at what I do. And then Martin asked a rules question that I answered in chat. Thanks, Martin. It's a really, really expensive way to get a judge call. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it worked though because I also pinged him in the in, in the chat. <laughs> what is the answer? Yeah. Uh, they have so when Wardog just set up from strategic reserve, they are still a single unit because they split when they're deployed, yep. which means that they are you have to set up all the Wardogs within six within of six. one of them, uh, which makes Mysterious Guardian Talvins a little bit worse when you run threes of them because mm -hmm. it's hard to get an angle with the third one sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you usually stick with two if you're doing Mysterious Guardian Talvins. No, you can do three because it's at least six inches of one model, other model from this unit. Yeah, so I know, but like. like if you're trying to chase an angle really deep, it can be hard oh, to get okay, the third one an actual line to see something. Yeah. So you good, usually stick with twos because it's easier to, you know, okay, the third one's often wasted. Yeah. If your the terrain better, is semi-decent. Right? Exactly right. The better the terrain, the worse that play. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Adepticon, you, you take those two. You take Adepticon those two. run you a are. full you, army of Mysterious take, Guardians, strap reserve a thousand points. You take a unit of four. It's just see how many, see how many games. Just cheat. You will, mate. You will. I'm uh, right now. I don't have a team. I don't have a team for Adepticon teams. I'm putting it out there. Let's manifest. If anybody, if anybody wants me, you can have me. If you don't want me, I'll probably end up on the stream deck with Joe. <laughs> I am playing teams, but I technically have a full team. It is uh, it is good that you I, just like going to events if you're going to adapt to combat. Nobody really likes you going to events with the them, team event. So. The team event is the better event of the two. Like they actually yeah. put effort into the team event. They don't. Put well, a yeah. Lot did of you see that the, the, the singles event. is eight games in two days? Mm -hmm. It's you only play four though. If you don't get into top cut, you play one. But what day. if you do? Yeah. Then you <laughs> play the second day. I hope you didn't plan on sleeping. So. I I I want something from tenth edition. And it's not gonna, be, right. not gonna be not gonna be a fan. Um I want I want the games to be smaller and quicker. I want I I so one thing I don't like about the current state of the game is that um the three-day format is ubiquitously required to get an undefeated player. The fact is that's a gate-kept game for for fundamentally to be a top player. You can you have to be able to not have a freaking day job because you've got to have three, you've got to play multiple three days here, there, and everywhere to be top top ranked or I, I or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and you, so a lot of people can make it work, and a lot of people can't. This is what I mean. Yeah. Like you got you got kids, partners, um, you know, whatever. Or as a teacher, so, he can't be yeah, doing three day events all the time. So I yep. think I think we need it. Uh, there needs to be a format change that allows us to play. Like, I don't want to stay up to five games a day, but that could be a thing. Or, you know, I want to see two-hour games, five games a day. That's what uh, I want. Yeah, okay. that's that's what I want. I, I want back to what we had in fifth edition, where we, where you could smash a game out an hour and a half if you knew exactly what you were doing. I have and a that, very controversial thing to say. Do it. 
I think we should stop pretending that everyone that can, that goes to an event can win it and no. start doing more invitationals because it is inane to me that we scale event yeah. like prestige off of the number of attendees number. that yeah. don't give a fuck about winning it. Uh, and so look, what we should do <laughs> probably instead is have events that matter be invitational based stuff brian you were with me but asleep your job is somehow less than mine um well um, i i get exactly what you're saying this is this but that's the next best thing even if we do have a pro circuit this is also a good change like you just get more I think reps from... i think like you five round events give you a reasonable ceiling if you have a reasonable player count as long as the entire thing doesn't need to function by player count yeah. i think people I don't just think don't think events need to be more than 64 people I think the problem still is is that the floor for what we consider a pro circuit is not yet reachable with the player population that we have in 40k. With like we can talk about it a lot. Money. Like invita yeah, invitationals is one thing. Like you can do an invitational, but we don't have enough people to create a circuit out of it. Yeah. Like you would I lose 90% of the big tournaments would go away because you would only have 16 people showing up to those events. I just think that there's probably a way to scale like so, how people ascend the rankings off of something that isn't event size. So our, our clever sausage, Josh, Josh Diffie, one of the greatest innovators that we've had in our community, he created a system called the over-under events, where you essentially you run two events and one of them is a knockout. And as soon as you get knocked out, you, you flow directly into the GT below. Essentially, right. you, you, have, you have an invitational bracket yeah, that just plays that just plays to the, and one natural winner out of sixteen people. And every time you get knocked out, you drop down into the GT. And you, we can we could just do that as a thing that is happening at every event. Every event has the top ranked X amount of people of the event are just in the undefeated brackets and are just going to play in that. That's what we call our competitive circuit, and it feeds into the under. That still doesn't stop the issues of like. Then we only have what four round events because we only have sixteen players or five round events. Or yeah, you, could, um, you could expand them, right? Like at that point, you could do thirty-two players comfortably with five round events. Yep, exactly right. So you know, different size events. I do love that concept. I know Diffie had a lot of issues running that. A lot of people didn't like it uh, because people who didn't make nobody the wants to be the thirty-third exactly true mate exactly right no one wants to feel like they're just out of contention so but then again we have things like nova where you play a couple of games and just get slapped in a bracket and then you've got the ceiling is in place and people love nova so i think that gw is actually doing like a relatively smart decision in this situation specifically where they have an end of year invitational that they're running and most of their events are like that's exactly exemplifying the problem Sure, but I think the golden ticket system could be done in a different way and ex and like allow you to have some of those pro circuit invitational things, and you could do them differently. It doesn't have to be an end of year invitational. You could have a quarterly invitational for all. I mean, like, they could do they could do it such that like this year's golden ticket winners become part of a circuit for next year, right? This creates like two hundred sure. like pro players, so to speak, borrowing a term they obviously don't have to be paid. Um, that can play in like a separate thing that doesn't require again event-based size scaling because right now a lot of like what skews even like you know stats and so on and so forth is that like often at an event you just skull drag four dudes there to drink you play your one real game and they're like maybe something happens or maybe something does it and then that's like this list won a gt that's like okay does that does that actually mean something yeah. the other conversation for it is probably not ready for is that like undefeated brackets are not a healthy way to build a community like no. right. yeah. so many games are playing like 15 rounds where like 12 and 3 makes top cut mm -hmm. 
You can lose mm-hmm. like a decent portion in your games and still mm-hmm. make Tonka. It's a super unhealthy format we have. The very, very. But again, that's because of the, the longer just... game, the longer yeah, exactly. and larger game sizes. Like if we yeah, shrink sure. down and we speed up, then we can do nine rounds in a weekend, and yeah. you can have you can go five and one day one and make day two top cut. Exactly right. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Which is a much healthier game because at the much moment more. it's super shit. It's so polarized. This question makes me very upset. <laughs> yeah. Like, I play guard, and this question makes me fundamentally upset. The question is, is so, the, Jasper's friend thinks New Azrael is better than Lord Solar. Need, and he's not actually asked this to, question. He's just asked him to, us to let him have it. So I would like this, to ask the question now is, Azrael's currently 140 points and does all the same things he does now, but slightly worse in combat. Yeah. Is he better than Lord Solar now? No. If not, he's not better <laughs> after. Sorry. But, like... I feel like your friend just doesn't understand what Lord Solar actually does. So he provides a six-inch aura of reroll hit ones, hit rolls, and wound rolls of one to just core units, like broadly. But he also can give full rerolls to hit and to wound to a core yeah, unit. Abaddon buff, or and just also full rerolls to hit, and he can give orders to everything. He's essentially so, different orders he can issue. So essentially, he is a super chappy. A Primarch and a Chapter Master, yep. wearing he's, a trench coat. He's also, also pretty has good a, in combat and gives you and, CP. Yeah. He also has a Forp and Vulnerable save, takes half damage. Half damage. Has six attacks at AP three, two 12 inch Thunder Hammer shots at AP three, and he gives he lets you switch out a secondary objective or get an extra CP, like whatever you want. And his base Warlord trait is refund the CP on a five up. And, and how many po- how many points? points? Yeah, same he's points. He's hundred and seventy points. Same points. Three fifty. should be Abaddon points. He should. He probably shouldn't be Abaddon points. He should be more. He should be more. Guard player spotted. Legitimately, but legitimately, he should be more than more than Vaal points. More than Vaal points. He probably should be. He's what two thirty now. How two eighty? How funny is it that we're worse than Solar? Yes, yes, shit, hands down. Yes, she's hands down worse. She's a hundred points more. And that's the thing is, he could be a hundred points more, and you'd still probably take him. I hate guard so fucking much. <laughs> I hate everything about that. I, I hate the he codex. Is, I hate the faction. So I hate the good. player base. I you just leave me alone in this. I, you're not a guard player until I see you play a tournament with them, kid. Yeah, I gotta get to Adepticon. It's there gonna you know. get to a tournament. Uh, see, I fully oh, expect Gary. Adepticon to be the Iron Hands versus Guard meta. It's just like, they're just first turning each other. Just <laughs> Nathan's whatever. got all the credentials of a guard player. He almost joined the military. It's true. <laughs> I've told that story during a break, I think, once. Yeah. I yeah. almost joined the military as well. Yeah. See? There you yeah. go! Every time, bro! <laughs> Yeah, man, I that story is so much more depressing when you tell the rest of it, though. But, yeah, like there's more going on. I told the rest of the story to Jack Harpster during the break. <laughs> Nathan's a crusade guard player, the worst kind. Yeah, I yeah. I need something to motivate hobby, and it can't be playing like regular 2K games. I need somebody to give me points for it, and the only way to get points for it is by getting hobby points in this local crusade league. That's the only way. That's how I hobby. You, I, you can I get points to game a golf in our Discord. That's true. It's not the same. There's no prize. I don't get anything at the end of it if I win. No, satisfaction. It's true. I need to gamify. Taylor's winning that prize. If somebody will give me like 
points and a prize inevitably if i meet a goal then sure i would do that instead Jeremy, if you play one gt <laughs> all right boys oh. we are gonna wrap it up there adam do you want to run off your plugs again and then i'll do the other ones Hey, how you doing? My name's Adam from Art of War, Fortune Narrative, and the Thursday Show. You can catch me over at Art of War or Art of War Down Under over on Patreon if you want to support what I do and you like what you see. Tune in for the Thursday Show, which is coming up this weekend. We have two big events. One of them, which is, is it? Which one's the one in uh, UK? Southampton. We're at Southampton, big old 200 player slobber knocker. We've also got the Rocky Mountain Frontline Gaming's GT over in Denver. So tune in for those two, the meta breakdowns and all the goodness from then. And yeah, if you like what I do, please come over and support me. Thank you very much for supporting these boys as well. I'm a patron. You should be too. I don't want to do ours now. Um... <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do yours if you want. I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, you should, you we'll you just clip it and use it every week. Hello, yeah. you're already here. You've been listening for how many hours? So why not jump in and support the boys? They've given you so much entertainment already. There's a beautiful, wonderful Discord that supports you and getting to know more about your faction, getting more in-depth, getting the most out of the beautiful little meta dashboards and all those bits and pieces, how to interact with these guys. Milk them for their stats, goodness, and their knowledge. I did say milk them indeed, and I'm going to get away with it. Uh, but yeah, jump over and support them. I mean, literally, this uh, we've been on here for like three freaking hours. How much? How much more do you want before you start throwing some bucks and uh, put some cheddar on this cheese? And uh, is there anything else I missed, plugs wise? Uh, Greenhammer articles. Yeah. patreon.com slash stats check jump over to Goonhammer. they do slap down some beautiful stuff was it um the lovely cliff was jumping down and put on a recent article regarding why we should be tracking the uh breakdown for sub factions and their win rates and i think that is a very key point we need to highlight so yeah jump in get involved these guys are some of the biggest and brightest and really pushing the envelope especially what, one of my favorite things is enter the matrix talking to the literal best team players in the world about what makes their teams tick, how to get the most out of your team's play, and how to enjoy the best format of 40K. Adam, yeah, that was much better than me. So uh, remember to smash that like button and all the other things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what you shouldn't do? Milk it. <laughs> Bye -bye. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us. We will be back with you next week. Have a great weekend. Have a great week and play some 40K. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.